welcome to season three, my friends. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe how crazy it is to be going into year three for the business, season three for the podcast, celebrating the second birthday of Playberry Feudar. It is so absolutely amazing. I am forever grateful for any friend, follower, listener, family member, whoever it might be who have ever touched PWYFA in some way, shape, or form. And of course, being on the podcast, thankful for all of our season one and two guests that have joined us the past couple of years and so excited for y'all to hear all of our wonderful season three guests. We're so pumped to have this season three of the podcast going. We've already recorded so many episodes and it is going to bless you so, so much, including this one, y'all. If you're new here, my name is Cameron Dobbs and I'm the host of the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. In a nutshell, this podcast is pretty much just about living a life full of living. And we do that by playing where our feet are, doing our best and being our best no matter what and no matter where. I'm so excited for today's episode because it's a whole lot of fun, y'all. Whole lot of fun. For starters, it's all about relationships. In season two, I dropped my first podcast episode on the topic and we discussed sex, relationships, and God's design for it all. And y'all, it was one of my most watched and most listens to listened to podcast episodes of the whole season. I was totally shocked, but also super encouraged by all the feedback heard from it. And so here is to sharing more on the topic and specifically sharing more on the topic from a Christian's perspective, from everything rooted in scripture, y'all. And to help us do that on today's show, we get to bring on my friend, Brooks Cluxton. Y'all, Brooks is awesome. He's a former collegiate basketball player playing from both Campbell University and Rollins College, and he now works in wealth management. Today, he speaks on godly dating, and we go in, let me tell you. We go in on this episode. As you can see, It is over two hours long. I'm fully aware. I thought about making this a part one and part two, but I just combined it all together. If you want to break it out and break it up in sittings, you're more than welcome to, but it is fantastic. This is also pretty much hitting every single question you might have. In fact, we opened up the floor on Instagram in group chats to my friends, all the things and got questions from you guys to ask him. So we asked him all of the questions. Every single one of them he answered, and I did my best to answer them too. But y'all, this is also probably the most I've ever laughed on a podcast episode, so I can guarantee every single second of this episode is so worth laughing at, watching, listening, and enjoying. It's going to be the best time. Before we begin, just a reminder to follow and subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. To stay caught up, be sure to follow us at PlayWareYourFeedR on Instagram, and also online you can snag a copy of the PWYFA PlayWareYourFeedR book, and check out all of our lovely merch that you can see a glimpse of behind me, so you can not only live out the mission, but of course, wrap the merch too. Enough said here because this episode is already long enough. Happy season three, and let's bring on Brooks. This is the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. Brooks Cluxton, welcome to the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. Cam, thanks for having me. Really excited. Let's do this. Oh my goodness, we're so excited to have you on the show today. 
Brooks and I actually got connected through speaking and serving at Grace Valentine's Purpose Retreat this May. So quick little shout out first and foremost to Grace for connecting us and putting us in the same room. But Brooks's role at this retreat was something special. He was actually on the single guys panel and he was speaking with that, which I was actually not there for. So I didn't even see all this happen. But the next day I heard a ton of buzz from all the campers, from all the leaders, from Grace herself. And he even won the little love is blind dating game that they played at retreat. So when I heard all this about Brooks, I was like, obvious choice for the podcast. He's got to come on, share the wisdom. Everyone loves him already. So we got to get him in the PWIFA fam. So Brooks, I got to say, you're kind of coming in with like quite the reputation. Like you're kind of the pro here on this panel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd call me a pro. I I, uh, I am single in 25. So I don't know if they laughed at me or laughed and loved me or if they were laughing at me or I, I don't know if I'd call myself a pro, but I, I did win the the dating game which was really fun and uh um i i don't know if they were pitying me or if they loved me but i'm here either way so i guess it worked hey a win is a win yeah absolutely (laughs) we know that as former athletes a win is a win for sure (laughs) well brooks i'm really excited about this episode because not only do we get to talk about relationships so we get to have a guy on the podcast and pick his brain so i know all my girls listening are super pumped to be able to get inside your brain a little bit here but any guys who are listening any fellows who are listening to this episode i do want to say too that most of the questions we're going to be asking brooks today i will also do my best to answer them from my perspective so we have a an even perspective both ends. We get the girls' perspective. We get the guys' perspective. Um, so as much as Brooks is in the hot seat, I guess I'm in the hot seat today too. <laughs> Which is what we need because I didn't yes. get to hear. I didn't get to hear the questions back when I when I answered the at the purpose retreat. I answered a bunch of questions. I was like, man, I wonder what Christian girls are, are saying <laughs> to these questions, but I never got to know. So this You're is like I'm different. gonna I'm gonna take note for my own turn. Yeah. Next time. See, yeah. this is why you gotta have a guys' retreat because then you can bring girls on and do it there. Guys, if you're tuning in, hit me up. Let's start something. Let's be vulnerable for once. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. Hey, we'll, we'll get you sponsored by Play Where Your Feet Are. You can do a, a guy's Play Where Your Feet Are retreat. Yes, I love there it. There you go. I love how it sounds. <laughs> awesome. Well, I do want to start off with a disclaimer. We've both kind of joked about it already. He said he's single in 25. I'm single in 24. So this episode is not going to be an episode saying this is how you get married. This is how you find a spouse. This is how you get a boyfriend or girlfriend. That's not what this episode is about, because clearly if we were trying to do that, you would not be listening to either of nope. us because <laughs> we have failed so far. But something I do think we've succeeded at is navigating our single seasons well and honoring the people who we've talked to, dealt with, or even just lived in our daily lives. So that's what Brooks and I are going to speak to in this episode are, yes, a lot of fun things, um, but it's going to be just about mainly singleness and then how to date, godly dating, what we're looking for when we're dating as well, how we're looking to date in those things. Um, Another thing, another quick disclaimer too, is that these questions and our answers to the questions are rooted in the Bible, rooted in scripture, rooted in wisdom, but we also have some opinion questions too. So I guess this entire episode, maybe take it with a grain of salt, knowing that nothing in here is a strict rule of how you need to live in society. Scripture, of course, follow anything we throw out of there. Um, But other than that, we're just going to have a fun conversation today. And I know everyone's going to enjoy it just as much as we do. (laughs) Can't wait. All right, Brooks. Well, let's go ahead and get started here. And just to give some people kind of perspective of 
who you are, what you do, what you've been through. Tell us just a little bit, maybe walk or even sprint us through a little bit just like of your life story. J- drop it for us right here. Yeah, I, I can spark notice real quick. I uh, I, I grew up playing um, any sport I could really. And, and I lived on a lake, so I did a lot of fishing. Um, and then I pretty much played basketball and baseball my, my whole life, uh, a little bit of football and, uh, went through high school, wanted to play in college, just like everybody else. And, uh, I was about five, eight, my freshman year in high school, I'm six, eight now. So, uh, my parents were really wondering, you know, when's this kid going to grow? And, uh, they ended up taking me to an endocrinologist where they can measure like your hand and there's a bone in your thumb that can determine how tall you're going to be and when exactly. Um, so they took me there and they said, Hey, this kid's a freak. We have no idea, but he's going to be between, he's going to be between six, six and six, nine. Uh, so from then on out, I was kind of like, all right, he's either going to be a pitcher or he's just going to play basketball and, uh, floor is pretty hot. So I went ahead and elected to do basketball <laughs> and, uh, I was able to play division one at Campbell university in North Carolina, uh, for several reasons. I ended up leaving there after two years, went to Rollins. Um, but I do thank Campbell for a lot of things, including, uh, kind of finding my own faith. You know, I, I mean, I didn't know a soul there, like literally God and me were the only people I knew. Uh, so, you know, I really got to find out kind of who I was as a man and who I was as a believer. And then I came to Rollins and, uh, I ended up getting my master's degree from Rollins and all in finance. And now I work for a company called Mosaic Wealth Management Group, where we do financial planning, anything from investments for young people to, uh, retirement for old people, estate planning, tax planning, all the things. Um, and I love doing it. I love helping people. And I think it's extremely fulfilling to do it in this area. And then for church, I go to Action Church and I do um, high school ministry where they let me speak every once in a while. And that's just a lot of fun. And I think I serve with some of the most quality people uh, in the world. So I I don't think I will be leaving there anytime soon. If anybody in the Orlando area is looking for a church, Action is a great place to, uh, to be. I can attest to that. I've now been three times and every time I love it so much. Um, I feel like I'm getting to know a couple of people there, which is so awesome. So even last time, Pastor John Evans was telling me that it's it's kind of my church away from home. So whenever I'm in Orlando, I know that action's my church. So if you are in Orlando, as Brooke said, that should be your church too. (laughs) It's the spot for sure. It is the spot. That's awesome. So tell us, okay, we're getting into the episode. We're getting to our questions now. We know a little bit about you. Let's be serious. Let's get serious. So serious. Oh my goodness. So we know single and 25. I'm single and 24. Those are your perspectives here. Have you been in a relationship before and for how long? Yeah. So I've been in three relationships, uh, for a year, uh, for another one for about a year and then another one for about six months. Uh, so if you're 25 and you've been in, that's about two and a half years of dating, um, so I'm not exactly a serial dater. I don't, I want I don't know if I'm an expert at dating, but I've tried a few times and I feel like each girl has been a little different than the last one. So I feel like I've gotten a decent, uh, a decent blend, decent idea of what's going on. You're building your strategy. You're, you're absolutely, getting <laughs> I'm getting closer to the one is what I keep telling myself. Um, but I don't want to steal the show. This is also you. What do you got for us? Okay. So I've never been in a relationship before. Um, not a serious no way. One. Yeah. Never had a wow. boyfriend. Cameron yep. Dobbs. <laughs> Wow. Surprise. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'd never had a boyfriend before. I think I, I talk about this a little in my book too. I think part of that is just being so focused on like the task at hand of playing college sports. I mean, you've been there too, playing college sports, doing everything I'm doing, pursuing internships, careers, all the things. Um, but I think more than anything, and you could probably attest to this too, I think it's really just having high standards. And 
I'm not one to mess yeah. around at all when it comes to relationships. And so, and maybe, maybe to a fault, um, maybe I'm a little too judgmental sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, been there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, I I've, uh, protected myself and guarded my heart, even if it's a little too much sometimes. So, so yeah, no, uh, single for 24 years now and going strong. Wow. Congrats. You should be proud <laughs> of that. You. Wear it like a badge of honor. Yes, I do. Indeed. Not that dating's right. bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, continuing on. So all these questions, you know, you guys have the backstory now a little bit perspective, but continuing with these questions, these are a mix of my own. I put a little question box on Instagram, got my followers to chime in, group chats chimed in, some of my girls chimed in. So this is just like a mix of everything. (laughs) So be ready. We're ready. We got this. All right. right, Starting starting off real serious, as we said, is give me your favorite, best, worst, or funniest pickup line. Oh, man. Um, I, I'll go with worst first because someone actually recently DM me and said, uh, hey, you know, I was looking, I was looking through your Instagram, looking for your Snapchat and I didn't find it. So here's mine in case you were wondering. I don't, I don't know this person. I, I don't follow this person. And she dropped that and, you know, know your audience. I'm 25. I'm, I, you know, I Snapchat was me in high school and like, you know, like that's just back there. Um, I have the app, but I'm like, that's just such, <laughs> such a far thought. And it's like, man, she is on a different planet than me. And that, that, that has to be one of the worst ones I've ever heard. That's pretty rough. How about that's you? Bad. How about you? I got to hear it. Okay. So I'm going to give you two. Okay. These are both, I'm also a sucker for like puns and dad oh, no. jokes and everything. Oh, no. <laughs> so I crack up at big up lines. I think they're hilarious. Not that I receive them, but when I hear them, I think they're <laughs> hilarious. So, okay. 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 My first one that I heard was, um, all right, Brooks, you're going to be my participant here. So you got to, you got to answer my questions. Yes, I'm ready. How much does a polar bear weigh? How much? How much you gotta ask? You oh, gotta I have to guess. Yeah, give me, give me a guess. Um, I'm gonna say enough to break the ice. <laughs> is, is that it? <laughs> you know what's funny is I, just, it's just a guess. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, well, typically someone will throw out a number, and then you're like, "Are you re- like you sure? Are you sure?" And they're like, "Well, either way, you know, I think it's enough to break the ice between us." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, that's even smoother." No, you could have, you still could have said that. It still would have worked. It's okay. You stole my punchline. It's fine. I'm it's sorry, fine. I didn't mean to. We'll just end the podcast here. It's yeah, fine. let's we call it. We won't publish it. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> You're kicked off. What, what's your other one? Do you have another okay, one? My, my other one is, yeah, it's just a statement, but it says, I'm sorry, all the pickup lines were taken, but you don't seem to be. Wow, that <laughs> coming in hot with that one. You are <laughs> really bold for that one. Yeah, that's that's if you're really feeling yourself that night. I think someone would ask me to leave if I used that one. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, there's the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're creeping me out. It's time to go. <laughs> I, and also, I'd be like, what gave it off that I don't seem to be taken? Like, yeah, is that, exactly. Is that an insult? <laughs> <laughs> Was it the, I don't even know what you wear to look single, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't think yeah, I know. let's let's not even go there. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about you've received a pickup line. Have you ever used a pickup line? Uh, you know what? So I have I had Hinge, the dating app, 
and uh i think my favorite one was if a girl had like a photo like holding either their dog or like a fish or something i would be like i have never been more jealous of that fish in my entire life <laughs> or, or like i wish i wish i was that fish and i it, it, it worked i'd get matches and stuff like that and then you know obviously i'd fail later on or whatever it was but um that's my favorite one that's my go-to that's smooth i like that i would have laughed i would have laughed for yeah sure. it's hard it's hard out there man <laughs> that's awesome Okay, moving on to our next little category questions here. Who is your couple goals example? So either this could be like movie, show, or in real life. You know, I grew up wanting to be Tim Tebow, and I think I still want to be like Tim Tebow. So I'd have to go with Tim and Demi. Uh, they're they're pretty awesome, and it just everything they do is just power couple goals. I love it. Okay, I kid you not. My exact answer no is way. There we go. There we go. See, I mean, who doesn't like who doesn't love them? Yeah. Um, gosh, they're just the best. So yeah. Well, and I think, and I'm sure we'll touch on this too throughout our questions, but I think for me too, it's seeing how they're both so individually gifted and like yeah. pursuing their calling and their purpose. And then they come together as the power couple. And like, that's for me, like, that's what I look for too, is that like, I'm a very independent woman. Like I am so fine with being single for 24 years and counting. And like, obviously I strive to eventually get married and have kids and all the things, but like, I am just so set in my calling and my purpose that God has me in. And so I want my man to do the exact same thing, like running full speed towards God. And if we keep running together, then we keep running together. Um, But yeah, I just, I love them for that reason too both support each other in their own things yeah. and then it would makes them so powerful together it's just so cool you're right they did they don't they didn't sacrifice anything to be together right yeah. it just made sense uh no. so like they cool. don't they don't hold each other back if anything they've amplified each other's yes. platforms and dreams and goals and like helped out where each of them can so it's we love tim and uh, tim do. and debbie the tebos we'll, we'll probably meet with them soon about the play your feet our men's camp <laughs> They're gonna, they'll probably support us. Oh, of course, of course. We'll get the Tim Tebow Foundation in on it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's gonna have the eye black. It's gonna be sick. No, it's funny. We're since we're on the topic, we're just gonna go full set. Yeah. Oh no. What do we got? I'm literally. I'm currently reading. No way. Yeah. 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 Do not. We're doing good. We're almost done. Yeah. yeah. Readers great. are leaders. Readers are leaders, baby. I have this quote on my wall from his book. It says, when we boast about our talents, gifts, and abilities, uh, we shred our true identity in God. And I've been keeping that with me for a really long time. But um, yeah, I have a major man crush on him. Always will. I I thought it was a phase, but I I don't think it is. It's okay. I have a crush on him too, so it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) different. (laughs) Different. I love it. Okay. Well, we're off to a good start there. What is your idea of a fun and great first date? You're building your strategy, you said. So, you know, you you should get a jump pat by now. Yeah. I I wouldn't be single if I was, I guess. But but, um, no, there's a really great restaurant in Winter Park. It's called 60 Vines and they have all this wine, right? And they sell these flights of wine. So you can get like two ounces of wine, but a bunch of different flavors. And then the server comes out and like explains where they got the wine from. And like, you know, this wine came from this region and they had to switch six different barrels to get it here. And then we put it in our own process and whatever, and they get really into it. It's just a really fun environment. And it puts a lot of the pressure off of me and more just, you know, watching this entertaining server. And uh, I think that's been my favorite spot so far. It's probably my go-to spot, honestly. Um, now, I, I don't have to try any more spots. So that's my favorite. What about you? 
That's the move right there. I, I agree that there should be some sort of entertainment aspect. Right. So for me, I think it depends on who it is. I think if like you already know him a little bit, then it can be more of an intimate setting like a dinner or even a coffee date or something like that where there's going to be like clear conversation. But then yeah. I also think if it's like don't know him as much, then maybe it's going to a ball game or a sporting event. I love sports. So there's my bias there. Would you want to, would you want to be locked in though for like two, two and a half hours with somebody? If you knew like right off the bat, like, Hey, uh, this is awkward. I don't like him that much. I think it'd be fine because I'd be focused on the game. Like I would, cause okay, for me, for me, I could like easily ignore you the entire game if she did. <laughs> You're independent. You'd be on the field, like talking to one of the players kind of. Oh, I'd be, I'd be you know? networking with the sideline reporters. Yeah. Like I'd be, yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. No. <laughs> Good point but, though. If I don't know yes. her, I, I want something distracting. And if yeah. I do kind of know her, then I guess, I guess dinner would be more, more applicable. Yeah, or like a, a coffee, like walk around the town type of vibe. Like. Ice cream and chill. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Around. I'm down. I'm down for that. That's a, that's a good plan right there. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on to our next question. Best dating advice you've received? I have a couple here, so no pressure to be like number one, number two. Okay. Uh, best, um, best dating advice. I only have one that my dad gave me and uh, it was when I, you know, first started dating, but he was like, you know, you got to make sure you have your few things and it's, it's uh, faith, family, politics, and money. If you can get those four things down with a girl, you know, it doesn't have to be like, as long as they're the same, right. Or as you always seem eye to eye on those basic things, like you're setting yourself up pretty well in the future. And so I've always been like, whenever I meet a girl, I was like, all right, like, does she have those four things? Okay. Now what's she like? Now what's she into now? Do we get along? Um, and that's really helped me filter kind of um, a lot of the girls along the way in my journey. It's like your baseline, faith, yeah. family, baseline politics, test. money. If we pass yeah. that test, then then we figure out the chemistry. Then we figure out all the other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. My, mine's a little similar in a sense. Um, so combining a couple people here is actually Tim Tebow, one of them, um, mm -hmm. and Pastor Jonathan McCluda, who's one of my favorite pastors to listen to and read his books. But it, they both talk about how marriage is much more practical than we make it out to seem. And so it's so much more just like looking for a ministry partner in life. And then Tim Tebow specifically says, don't just be in a relationship, but be in purpose with one another. And I, and again, just going back to how we've already shouted out Tim and Debbie too, of just how they're, they're not only walking in a relationship together, but they're walking in purpose with one another. They're not holding each other back. They're amplifying each other's lives if that. Um, and then Jonathan Picluto also says, don't lower your standards, lengthen your patience. Wow. I mean, that could work for a million. That, that'll move mountains right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't lower your standards. Lengthen your patience. I think that's so good. And then the last one I have. Well, okay. Two more. Sorry, I lied. Okay. Be your, before your you podcast. meet the person. <laughs> my rules. Before yes. you meet the person, be the person. So basically, right. like, whoever you're looking for, like, are you being that person first? Because I think we so get, get caught up sometimes of, like, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for the other. But yeah. in the meantime, before that person comes along, like, what can you do to prepare yourself for marriage? What can you do to prepare yourself for that relationship? Like, are you being your best self? Are you being that independent person? Are you being that hardworking person? Are you being that motivating person? Whatever you're looking for, are you doing the exact same thing? And then the last one I have is from my own pastor here in Miami, Pastor Chris Alessi, who's also one of my best friends. And he says, before you meet the person, or sorry, before you meet the perfect one, there will be someone good enough. 
Do you want good enough or do you want perfect? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's a high bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks looks yeah. like we're waiting for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by no means is it like the anyone will be perfect, of course, but just the, again, the whole aspect of not settling and don't lower, don't lower your skin standards, but lengthen your patience. So, right. so those are my, my best piece of advice is that I've received. I've also heard your spouse is in the house and that one's just a fun one. Your spouse is in the church, the house, house of uh, God. So your spouse is in the, is in the house. Uh, that's a good one too. But what piece of advice looking back would you give your younger self? So you've heard some good pieces. What would you specifically say to young Mr. Brooks? Yeah, I, I would just kind of, you know, I kind of wish I was adhering to the quotes you said, honestly. <laughs> I think I, I think the advice I'd give myself is like, be like convictedly, mm. you know, date with conviction. Like I want to be in this or else it's unfair to the other person kind of thing. Um, I think if... I had just followed my own intuition and kind of like my own desires. I wouldn't have dated or I would have broken up with them far mm. earlier. Uh, but I was kind of just in it because they wanted it. Right. Um, and that kept me there longer. You know, I felt bad. I didn't want to hurt. I didn't want to do whatever. And really that's just not being a man. Uh, so I would have just told myself like, Hey, like only date somebody if, if that's what you want, like, if you're at peace with that decision, if you date with conviction, go after it. And if it's not something you don't want to go after, don't do it. It's kind of like they how they've said like it's better to be single and lonely than in a relationship and lonely. It's like yeah, the aspect absolutely. of like it's if you're oh gonna be gosh. miserable, at least be miserable and single rather than be with someone and be miserable. Absolutely, and you're doing them a disservice anyways because you yeah. know if you're not the one for them, like they need to go on, they need to get hurt, go you know find themselves, do whatever, and and be ready for the next person. It's not me, so why am I yeah. why am I even entertaining it? Um, no, that's true. Yeah. That's so true. My I remember there was one one guy that I was talking to at a time and a little different context, but my, mm. I, he didn't know how I felt and I didn't know how he felt. And so my best friend, I was talking to her and she's like, you like, you got to tell him, like, just tell him. And you either tell him and he says he likes you back or whatever. And then you're together or you tell him he doesn't like you back and you can move on. And so she was yeah. like, look, you got to look at it this way. Like you guys have mutual feelings. You find that out tomorrow, whatever. Then you're engaged a year later. Fantastic. Or you find out you don't have mutual feelings, you move on, and you're still engaged a year later to a different guy because you weren't wasting your time. And so, yeah, yeah I think I think that's so big, too. It's just like not not wasting anyone's time, not wasting your own time, not wasting the persons you with either. I think it doesn't hit hit seriously until you get older too. I wish it, I yeah. wish it hit me younger, but I, I think it's so, and you know what? Props to you. You haven't even dated anybody yet, <laughs> but I think for sure young people especially will drag out relationships. And it's like, you don't have to be miserable. You, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to, you know, I, I that's enough said about that topic, but it's just true. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think for me, um, I would say they were, they revolve around a couple things. And again, I'm, I'm very big on like the quotes and the phrases and stuff like that. And these are all more from um, my church down here in Miami of either pastors or friends that have said to me, and one of them is the invisible hedge of protection and just knowing and telling my younger self that you have an invisible hedge of protection around you and that, you know, sometimes I think it feels like being single for so long that you feel invisible. You feel like no one's looking at you. No one sees you. No one's interested. None of that. 
But no, like that, that is an invisible hedge of protection wow, that God so has cool. placed on you, that he is protecting you from others that are not going to be your person, are not going to do you any good, are not going to benefit you any way. And so for any singles that have been single for quite some time who are listening, or maybe you've been single for a week, uh, just know that you're not, you're not invisible to anyone. Um, but if you feel like that, it's simply just an invisible hedge of protection that God has placed over you. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, that's one thing that always gets me. And then another thing, similarly on that same route, is that the delay is deliberate. And again, this is something that can be put on any situation in life, but the delay is deliberate. I think it is so, so true. I think of it um, in anything I've done, whether it's career, life, my uh, sports broadcasting career, my publication of my book, the start of this podcast, like anything and everything that has ever been delayed, it has been so deliberate. And I think just reminding yourself in the process that, okay, delay is del- deliberate. Like God obviously has a plan. His plan's greater than mine. Like many other plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. And so just knowing like, okay, any delay I might see, the delay is always deliberate. So this would probably be a uh, the two big things that that I would tell my younger self and then one more that I'd probably slide into is the bait that you catch them with is the bait that you keep with the, keep them with. Wow. Um, yeah, the bait you catch wow. them with is the bait you keep with them with. And so just knowing that like however you're trying to impress this guy or impress this girl or whatever it might be like your moves that you're doing however it yeah, might be like you're cool. trying to catch them with that like that's how you're going to have to keep them. And so I think the easiest example is like, okay, if you're showing off your body or doing this or that and the other, like you better hope you have that body when you're 60 years old because <laughs> that's the bait you caught them with. Yeah. Um, and so just, I think that's, that's a great reminder to kind of remember what's most important and remember that, okay, if I can catch him with my personality and my faith and my motivation and the things that are inside my heart, then I can keep him with that too. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That that'll preach for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of preaching, dating is preached about, but it's not preached about in the Bible specifically. So the word dating and the concept of dating is a new construct of society. It's it's really not been around that long. Um, but there is, I think, some scripture that we can possibly relate it to, some stories in the Bible that we can look at. Of course, just watching Jesus's life as a whole, we can strive to mimic that. And I think that'll benefit us pretty much in everything we do. Catch the sarcasm there, please. Um, but, you know... <laughs> Brooks, when you're when you're approaching dating, you know, is there any scripture stories, whatever it might be, that you kind of keep at the forefront of your mind as like a guiding light when you're exploring new relationships or just dating in general? Mm. You know, I I just try to keep I just try to keep in mind that like if it's for me, it, it it's for me, right? So like it's so easy to just um not be yourself or like you're saying, you know, you're talking about bait, right. And like what you catch them with, like the same thing goes with the bait that we take as men. And so it's like, man, I, I'm just going to try to keep Christ at the center of this. And like, whatever comes for, like, will be for me. Right. Like I, I'm not going to be anything and I'm not, I'm going to maintain that I am a weird, tall, fun guy. And I don't have to be this like hard basketball player or whatever. Like, I'm just going to be myself. And if it flies away, it flies away. Um, I just really giving it to God is essentially kind of my approach and, and, um, without, with also balancing, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to lead in a relationship. I'm supposed to pursue a relationship. So taking a biblical approach to it, but at the same time, not, I'm going to worship this. I'm going to, um, 
pursue something that's not for me. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, of course, of course. And I think like in the two meetings that we've had face to face, it's not like I know you that well. Um, but I think that you do a great job of that too. And I was like very pleasantly surprised about even how humble you are. And because you said like you don't have to pretend to be like this big tough basketball player. And even when Brooks and I were talking at action, he I found out from him that he had played at Miami. Like when he was playing with Campbell, he played at Miami. And I remember I was saying like, oh, like it would have been Brooks Cluxton on the court or whatever. And you you made a joke about just like, yeah, you would have been on, then you would have been on the bench. And like you just, you were so humble and just like owned it. And it wasn't this whole facade of like, oh yeah, like I was this big time basketball player and like this and that and the other. And like you yeah. weren't flexing anything at all. You were just like, yeah, like that's that's something I love and something I did. And that's a big part of my story. But you're like, but I'm so much more than that. And that was really cool to see. It's so exhausting. And I, I'd rather just put out the bait that I have. Right. And so when a girl, you know, takes me up for it, it'll be like, there are no surprises. <laughs> you know, this is exactly what I was when you first met me. Um, so just trying to be who God created me to be, you know, um, yeah. and hopefully someone will like that eventually enough to date and marry me. And that's kind of what I'm rolling with. Amen to that. That's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll shed my light on uh, my guiding light is what I keep is I keep a couple different things. So I think I always keep at the forefront of my mind to guard my heart. And that's just like my, I guess, natural go to is just, okay, guard your heart. Like, I think especially with females, we can easily just get so excited and start fantasizing and looking ahead. And, you know, he sends you one text and you freak out and then you text all your friends and then you send screenshots and the whole shebang. And so I think even with that of just like protecting my heart and protecting him, my goodness, of, yeah. you know, you, you don't have to get the girls going on a whole scavenger hunt down to see what he was wearing in his peewee football game when he was five years old like you don't have to do all that and so I think little things of just like keeping things sacred not keeping things secret but keeping things sacred between the two of you guarding your heart um, and of course just careful on sharing as, as you're getting to know each other and then of, uh, going back to Tim and Demi too of knowing that like okay in this relationship what our union together advance the kingdom like again looking for a ministry partner like if I got with this guy like how is that going to benefit the kingdom how is that going to benefit benefit me like how is that going to benefit the church like can we be stronger together or are we stronger apart and that's I think always something I keep at the forefront of my mind and then I keep two stories at the forefront of my mind too um, one of them is Isaac and Rebecca's story. And this is one of my favorite stories to refer back to in the Bible. It's Genesis 24. And if you don't know the story, it's basically Abraham sends his um, servant to go find Isaac a wife. And so there's so much just like little things that can be learned out of the scripture, but just taking it at surface level, even as you look at when Rebecca is found to be Isaac's wife, Rebecca is sitting at the well serving and offering hospitality and being kind to strangers. And really, she's just doing what she knew to do best. Like it wasn't, she wasn't trying hard. She was just simply playing where her feet were. Like she was just really yeah. doing her best yeah. and being her best no matter what, no matter where. Like she didn't know who this random servant was coming up to speak to her. She just offered him and his camel's water, like helped him where she could. She was doing her job and fulfilling her purpose and her calling. And then when she was taken back to Isaac, Isaac was in the field walking with God and bettering himself. And so it's the same thing. Like 
women, you look at who you want to be as you're preparing to be a wife, be a Rebecca. Be someone who is walking in your calling, pursuing God, doing those things, and then look for an Isaac, someone who's doing the same thing, someone who's walking with God, bettering himself, living out his purpose, and striving to just follow in God's footsteps. And then together, once again, you'll come together and be that power couple that you want to be. So that's something I always look to. And then Proverbs 31, that's something I always remember too. And that's great for guys and girls too, because guys, you should be reading Proverbs 31 of that's what you should be looking for in a wife. And then all of our girls, of course, you should strive to be a Proverbs 31 wife. And one amazing thing that if you go through every single verse in that entire chapter is that it will talk about verbs like she sews, she buys, she sells, she works, she does this, does that, does this, does that, but it never once says waits never once says waits. And so Proverbs 31 woman is never waiting around. She is always grinding. She is always providing. She's always serving. She's always doing her job. And so I think just continue to strive to play where your feet are, like do your best and be your best, no matter what, no matter where, follow in your footsteps, know that any position you're in has purpose and impact. If you're walking through that, I guarantee, I guess I can't promise on my end because I'm still single in 24, but I guarantee that one of these days a guy will come along and it'll work out. So women look to be a Proverbs 31 wife of noble character and men, of course, look for that too. I have no comment. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. I feel like I am just here. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. Okay, so we talked about some tidbits, some advice, different things that you hear and listen to when you're dating. So how do you actually stay aligned with this stuff while you're in the process? Because I think you can hear it so often before it happens, but then emotions get involved, people get involved, all the things happen. So how do you stay aligned with this in your season of dating? Uh, so yeah, so my most provocative answer probably on the podcast yet is that you don't. Um, you know, it's so funny. You think about, um, you know, Bible verses that talk about praying without ceasing and, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, like love the Lord, your God with all your heart, right. With all your mind, with all your strength. And you're like, yeah, 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 I do. I do. I do. And then you meet that girl. That's the only person you're thinking about every single day, right? And you go on the honeymoon phase. That's the only person you want to see. It's the only person you want to talk about. It's the only person you're checking your phone for. And it's kind of a reminder or a picture of like, wow, this is kind of the kind of love that, you know, Jesus is like calling us to like, that's praying without ceasing is like that, you know, that's talking to somebody all the time, thinking about somebody all the time. Um, so actually when I go back to like those times when I felt like that, I'm like, man, like that's, that's where my face should be. That's what I want. My face should be what my face should be like. Um, but you're absolutely right. The challenge is keeping Christ at the center. And I, I think it's like our faith where it's a continual journey. It's a continual struggle to keep him at the middle because our flesh and our spirit are constantly going against each other. Right. Um, but I would just say for me personally, I, I like to keep it as a, as a kind of a palms up thing, you know? So like, if you picture, you know, you're holding your palms up, right? Like, you know, this girl comes into your life, your palms are up. So if she, you know, you do your best with what you have, what you've been given. And, and if she leaves, she leaves. Um, but in that time, when your palms are up, you're very thankful for like what's in your hands, right? So if you're thankful for what's in your hands, you're going to treat it well. You're going to treat it like, you know, it could leave at any second and it's not yours to have. Um, and I would argue it's, she's still not yours until the day you get married. And then, you know what, the two become one. And then, you know, you guys are in that for the long haul. Um, but that, 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 that's my thing is just keeping a position of gratitude and humbleness to the point. It's like, I don't deserve any of this. And I sure as heck don't deserve you. So I got to treat you like I don't deserve you. Um, or it's going to turn to crap, right? Like, or it's going to get toxic and, um, I'll probably lose you in the process or it will both suffer. So 
Yeah, that's good. I appreciate the the vulnerability and the honesty in that because you're you're very true. You're very correct in that um, that it that it's hard, and I think so often that it does just kind of get brushed into the wind. And I think at that point too, you it's almost like um, my mom will always say this too about her her kids, about my siblings and I, of how like she'll try her best to teach us all the things as we grow up and get older and make sure we're in church and all that. But then once we go off to college, it's just kind of hoping that all that's stuck. And I <laughs> yeah, that right. Part Let's of see that if they is, fly. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's it's part of that with like us going into dating or life or anything of just like, all right, we've done the work for years on years. We've read the books. We've read the Bible. We've sat in Sunday school. We've sung the songs. And so then it's just kind of hoping that that actually went into our minds and soaked in and that we can apply that just naturally. Um, of course, looking to stay in the word and be around mentors and be poured into and all the things there. Um, but to, just hoping that it, it kind of hit you hard enough that it's going to be around and not just floating on the surface as you're pursuing through life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I, um, I always kind of keep, keep this in mind. Like, you know, whenever in doubt, like if you just give God your heart, mm. you know, he's going to, he's going to just make the path straight, right? Like that's what yeah. the Bible says. So like, if you just folk, you know, get caught up in all the details, caught up in keeping God at the center, whatever that means, right. You know, sometimes we get caught up in not even knowing what the Bible means, even though it says something right in front of us. Like if you just simplify it to the point where it's like, he just wants your heart. Like yeah. he, he, he doesn't care about who you marry in a sense that like your heart is way more important to him, right? If you, if he has your heart, he will path, he will make everything so much more clear for you um, in its perfect timing. And I think that's where I'd rather be than any other place. So that's the goal. Yeah, that's so good. Pastor Louis Giglio, who is my pastor when I'm back home in Atlanta, is he's he did a sermon before that pretty much talked about that same concept just in general not not relating to dating whatsoever but just talking about how like so often we get caught up in these decisions that we have to make and it's so much like do i do a or do i do b and do i do this decision do i move here do i take this job like oh my goodness what am i gonna do like god tell me the answer and it's all this stress about it but it's like at the end of the day like god does not care he doesn't care he doesn't care like literally just do something, make a decision, yeah. pursue it, and then keep him at the forefront. And God yeah. is a God. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. Like he will lead, guide, direct, and correct you in everything you do. And so make a decision. And if it's a great decision, keep running through it. If it's not, yeah. he'll probably probably slap you in the face and get you to turn around one way or another. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's just like pursue wholeheartedly and then keep him at the center as much as you can with guidance from him with guidance from others around you and you'll be okay like give yourself grace too give yourself grace you know like we're all in this together yeah yeah well exactly i mean it's like you said to start off the whole answer was like you don't like at the end of the day like you throw it to the wind and it's hard and it's difficult and emotions and feelings and she's pretty or he's cute and whatever it might be um but you just you just kind of try your best (laughs) I love it. So, okay. So now when you are in a relationship, when you are dating, whatever it might be, you know, you've heard Mm -hmm. the advice, you've heard the things. How do you keep seeking? Where do you then find wisdom? Do you surround yourself with older men? Do you have a pastor? You know, Mm -hmm. what, what's your kind of strategy there of, of making sure you are poured into in that season? So I have a few friends who I, I keep extremely close and they know every detail. Um, and then I have two men that are kind of mentors in my, definitely mentors in my life. I see one of them, uh, twice a month, one of them about once a month, they're both over 70. 
And then I got another, and I got one more mentor who's in his fifties and I see him monthly as well. And all these guys know everything that's going on in my life. Uh, they're completely in charge of my trajectory as far as um, spiritual. And, you know, I tell them about girls. I tell them about anything that's dumb from serious to dumb. They know about it. And I think I keep them young, but at the same time, like they keep me very level-headed about what's going on. And, you know, they've seen it before all of them have. And I, I get three very unique flavors of their advice. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I think I can make a pretty educated decision at this point. Like that's what the book of Proverbs says, like wise counsel, right? Like that's what I was seeking. And, um, if you're going to follow, you know, go through a minefield, you know, the minefield of life, like you might as well follow somebody. Uh, and I went ahead and I'm going to follow three people. <laughs> so that's what I do. How about you? I love it. I'm I'm similar. So I don't quite have the the age reach that you do, but I love that you have that. Um, but I do have I, I have a couple down here in Miami, Joy Joy and Jerry Beverly, who they work heavily in FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So that's how I met them originally. Um, but they just lived very similar life to me. So like he was a college football player, she was a college volleyball player. Uh, their love story is just beautiful. They have three daughters who are now married um but just the way that they live out their lives and continue to pour into others and continue to pour into the athletes here at Miami are just things that I see in their relationship that I want to do when I'm older um and so I am always like you spilling all my tea to them both Joy and JB both of them both the mom both the dad um the husband and the wife they consistently pour into me they're kind of like my my Miami parents down here um, so I have them, and then a little younger is I have um, a couple who's in their 30s, and it's Brittany and Anthony Gonzalez. And Brittany is a huge mentor of mine. She has been since my freshman year of college. Uh, she was an Olympian. Her dad's a Cy Young Award winner, World Series winner, all the things there. Super high-success wow. family, yeah. um, very motivated. So I have her in all things, all areas of life, too, not just in relationships. Um, but she and her husband have a really beautiful story, too, and they just consistently pour into them. And I babysit their kids, and so I feel like I kind of prepared to be a mom through them, too. Um, so it, it's so fun, and they're super special to me. So, yeah, I, I have a couple I have a couple couples uh, that help pour into me. And then my pastor, Chris Alessi, who I mentioned to him and his wife do the same. And they're only like 30 and 28 or so. So they're uh, closer to my age. So yeah, similar to you. And then I, of course the girls, the best friends help out when needed. Um, but I definitely have like the uh, wise, the, the wise counsel, <laughs> the group chat comes into, but I have the like wise counsel of, okay, of the older. Okay. Yeah. If you guys don't have mentors right now, like you are going in blind, there's no yeah. reason not to. I mean, so many people, I feel like there's so many people in my life that would love to mentor me or whatever. And so I just, you know, landed on these couple of guys, but, um, I also have a professional mentor, like get, get a mentor for everywhere guys. Yes. Like, like you're wasting your time. If not, like you can make very specific, very educated moves. Um, and right now, if you think, you know, everything you're just, it's not wise. Yeah, no, for sure. I think even I was talking career stuff the other day. And one of the quotes that's always stuck with me is that in sports, especially, but I think in really all areas of careers, it's not, or it, it's always, you know, who, you know, everyone says it's always who, you know, it's always who, you know, but also who knows you. Yeah, like that's wow. that's the big thing. Like, yeah, it's who you know, but who knows you? Who's going to be in that executive meeting when you are not there and they're going to throw out your name? They're going to pitch your name. An opening comes yeah. up and they're going to think of you firsthand. Like that's where I think mentors are also so important. Again, not even in relationships, just in life, in career, because 
you have to have that relationship with them. It's not just like a networking connection. It's not just a LinkedIn connection. Like you have to actually be invested in their life for them to invest into yours. And then that'll pay off dividends on your career and everything. Um, so yeah, get mentors. If you get anything from this podcast, get a mentor. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Okay, continuing on here, next question. What does it mean to date godly? You hear it all the time. What, is, what does that even mean? What is godly dating? So you're asking a guy, so you're going to get a guy's perspective. Is that okay? Yeah. That's yeah. what we want, right? Yes. Um, when I think about it, I think I think like in the, in the beginning, like you're in charge of the pace of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really common to find girls that want to take over the pace or, or push the pace or whatever it may be. But I think it's the guy's responsibility at, at to just be very clear about what your intentions are, how fast you're going, how you feel. Um, and really just lead that girl because part of guarding your heart and, and being a Christian man is also like respecting her heart and respecting her husband and her future. Um, so when I think about godly dating, I think about just the responsibility of honoring my future wife and honoring her future husband, whether, you know, we don't know if it's each other, but, but the weight is real because at the end of the day, like we will meet people and get married and become one. So it's like, I am in charge of making the decisions that, that move us along that line. Right. And so at the end of the day, if things happen that aren't supposed to happen, that's, that's on me. Um, so godly dating is, is treating this woman and then answering to God for what, however I treated her along the way. I literally have, um, honor God, honor the person you're with at the moment and honor your future spouse. So literally same way. One brain. There. One brain. <laughs> I don't have a paper, guys. I'm just I'm just going right off the cuff here. He, yeah, I think he stole mine beforehand. What the heck? <laughs> no way, right? No way. <laughs> no, but it's so true. And I love that. I think that's so that just I feel like covers so much. If you just put right. honor at the top of the list of that, I'm going to honor God, obviously. I'm going to honor the other person I'm with and I'm going to honor my future spouse. That I think will save you so much trouble and cause so many or sorry, help solve so many issues that might come out not and prevent, you know, it's, it's a prevention thing right there is they won't even come about because like you said, you're thinking of, Hey, like I'm going to leave this person better than I found them. And if we end up together, that's benefiting me. (laughs) Like if he ends up being my husband, he's going to be a great husband because I, I pushed him to be that way. I served him well. He'll serve me well back, whatever it might be. But Hey, if he doesn't end up being my husband, he gets to go serve someone else well. And I don't have a bunch of scars and I'm not wounded a ton from this relationship because we honored each other. And maybe it didn't work out at the end of the day. That's fine. But we honored each other. And I think that's so, so important. And I love keeping that at the front of your mind too. I think people forget as well the importance of like um, the post-relationship part because, you know, relationships tend to break up. Statistically, you're going to break up, whatever. But like, I think as Christians, man, you know, man or female, whatever, like you're in charge of honoring that person beyond the relationship, like whatever happened during it, I think it's your responsibility as well to like honor them, honor their name and respect them, no matter what they're saying about you, whatever's happening. Um, because it's so tempting to bash, right? Like it's so tempting to get out of it, uh, especially if you get broken up with, right? Like, Oh, they were this, they were that I'm so free, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. And I've even caught myself doing that at times. I'm like, no, that's so nasty of me. Like that, that's not what a Christian man, Christian woman like sounds like. Um, so your responsibility doesn't end after the relationship either. Like it goes to the end of time. Like you have to respect that person who, who took a chance on you at the end of the day. Yeah, that's so good. And so much of that, I feel like too, is just like being mature 
and yeah. fighting your flesh, like you already said in this yeah. episode. You gotta constantly fight your flesh and fight your mind <laughs> of like what you want to do, because you can so uh-huh. easily bring up all the past, all the hurts, all the things. Oh, yeah. All right, well, talking about you know honoring and different things, honoring God, honoring each other. I think one thing that is talked about a lot in relationship is guarding your heart. Guarding your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. The Bible says it. Pastors say it. Books say it. All the things. I say it. I love, I'm love. i big on guarding my heart and guarding other people's hearts. I think that's also honoring each other there. Um, but what does guard your heart mean to you? I love talking about stuff like this because so many people say lines like this and they just have no idea what they're talking about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Bible is written with like so many verses that people will take and use and claim. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what that set. You don't even know what that means. You don't even know how to apply that. Yeah. Uh, So this, this is another one of those. And and to me, it's just kind of like, you know, guarding your heart just means um, like, kind of like I talked about earlier, like God is most concerned with your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wants your heart above all else. And he's a jealous God. And that's, that's yeah. so he encourages us to protect it. Number one, because it's vulnerable. And number two, because it's set aside for him. Um, so to me, that just means like, don't replace it. Don't replace, you know, the, the part I have in my heart for God with something else. Um, and in a man's man's journey that that can easily be a girl that can be a job that can be pornography that can be so many different things but guarding your heart means not letting something inside that that god gap if you will um that isn't god you know so stop trying to fill that void with those kind of things um whether you know and those these things come across as good all the time right you get a girlfriend and then you know you inadvertently start to worship her or or whatever it may be um so that, to me, that's that's what guarding your heart means, keeping it reserved for God so that you don't get hurt, so that you don't do something dumb, so that you don't fall down a black hole. Uh, it's for yeah. your protection at the end of the day. We don't want anyone falling down through black holes. No, no, no black, black holes. holes. No, none, none of my friends are going down black holes. Not on my watch. You already mentioned the landmines. Now we're talking black holes. <laughs> I got a million analogies. Just wait. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We love a good metaphor. That's fantastic. Right. Try to one up me. What do you got, Cam? Oh, I don't know if I got a if I got a, a metaphor for that right now. Okay, um, tell me about I, guarding your heart. But I will agree. I will agree with you. How about that? Does that make you feel better? That, I'll that makes me feel great. Um, but yes, I think it's true. And I, I, it does say, you know, in the Bible that the heart is like the wellspring of life. And so basically like what goes in must come out and it, you know, what's going to be poured in is going to pour out. And so I think just knowing that like, Hey, like I got to guard what comes into my heart, what comes into my mind. And you mentioned too, you know, whether it's, if you're, if all of that void almost is being filled with a girl, a guy, pornography, whatever it might be, like whatever's going in there, like that's going to be what's filling you up. And what do you want to be filled up with at the end of the day? And so I think just guarding your heart, protecting yourself of what's coming in, because that's going to be what's going to pour out. Um, And I think there's a lot of, you know, practical things that maybe you can go about that in doing your relationship. But I think just, yeah, like you said, like if you if you're making sure that God is getting the most of your heart, then keep that at the forefront and the rest will will be okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. Same thing. I totally agree with everything you just said. That's awesome. We're just retweeting each other back. I mean, yeah, you're we're on the same wavelength here. I'm just like, wow, yeah. I was just listening and just like resonating with you. And then there was a pause and I was like, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, shifting a little bit here um, in conversation is our next question from our follower is, can a guy and a girl be best friends? 
I I think so. I think absolutely. I have a girl best friend. That's why. And it, you know, my last girlfriends, I was like, Hey, like you need to get to know this girl and be her friend. Cause she's coming to the wedding. Like, I hate to tell you, we've been friends since we were like little kids. Like we've never done anything. We've never like crossed a single boundary, never held hands. Like she's going to be at the wedding. Um, and I know a lot of people don't believe it and it can't happen. And maybe if you meet in college and then your best friends, it's a little different, but like in my experience in my life, I think it's totally possible. Um, depends on the guy. Absolutely depends on the guy too. I probably the girl. Um, I was gonna well, say I, I think it depends on the girl too. Um, yeah, we're very fa- guys are very famous for having you know little little side agendas, but um, <laughs> for, you know you get a guy that loves God and is very honest about his feelings and his intentions. I think it can work out just fine, and with okay. with healthy boundaries too. Like I'll move into a relationship with a girl, and you know, hey Sophie, like you know, we're not going to hang out as much as you think we are like that kind of thing. Or actually she respects it right off the bat anyway. So it just takes mature people, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it's possible. I think it's just, like you said, boundaries to be drawn. And I think it's understanding again, like, like, what are your conversations like with her? Like, are you everything that you're telling your mentors? Like that's for your mentors. Like that's not for your, your girl best friend. And so I think even just like having those lines on conversations of like, okay, sure. She's like a really good friend of yours. She's a best friend of yours. He's a best friend. Girls, same thing here, talking both sides. Um, but like, he shouldn't be your biggest source of yeah. spirituality yeah. or, you know, confidence or whatever it might be. I think it's just checking yourself on like what you're getting from the relationship, friendship in this case, um, and checking yourself for your, your boundaries there. For Do sure. you have a guy best friend? Um, I would say probably Chris Alessi would be like my guy best friend, the one who I mentioned, the my pastor here in Miami. Yeah. And he's married, like he's it's flipped here. Like so he's the one who's married and has a wife and everything. Um, and then I I'm single, of course. But but even like in how he communicates with me is we have a group chat, the three of us. So even if I'm like talking directly to Chris, like we have the group chat with the three of us. And so it's like nothing is hidden, nothing is weird. Like it's always all in communication. I'll go over to their house and talk to them for literally like seven hours until 2 a.m. and then come home like they're just they're awesome like that and so and it's cool because Chris and I were close first and then he dated and married Rochelle and then now Rochelle and I are getting really close and now they have a baby it's like it's a beautiful thing so so yeah I think it's possible there's just got to be like some understanding of relationships or of boundaries but like you said if you're if you're two mature people then it's almost just natural to like easily be able to do it you know Absolutely. Don't you love it when you're like really close friends, find people that you then become really close with and you're yeah. like, yep, this is just so healthy. Like I love yeah. everything about it. That's, that's just the best. Yeah. And like I was at their wedding and it was just so beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so everything. cool. Yeah. I'm going to have one of those coming up here soon. I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, love your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh no. Uh, someone from church actually met a really good girl and I get to go to that wedding. So I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, fun. That's cute. Yeah. All right. Our next question here, I'm reading this quote by quote of what exactly they said. They said, straight up, straight up, straight up. What do you look for in a woman you want to marry? What qualities and characteristics? Wow. End quote. Um, if you asked me a couple of years ago, I would probably have like, I, I would definitely have a list in my notes, like mm-hmm. in my phone. And I was that guy. And then I just learned to kind of like let go of that in a sense, because it made me really judgmental and it made me search for a perfect person, like a mold. Mm -hmm. And I also know like 
um, older women that are mature in their faith. And I'm like, I'm looking for this kind of girl. And I'm like, I'm talking to girls in their twenties. Like, like, it's just so unfair of me to be like, to, to expect all these things when, you know, those women are acting that way because they've been in a committed marriage for over 10 years. Right. Um, so I've learned to really let go of that. And and my, actually my mentors have helped me with that too. They're like, Hey, like, let's just relax on this stuff. And let's just talk about what matters. Um, and I'd say the other thing, uh, that I look for is someone who's just passionate about what they do. Uh, it's so common to find Christian girls that, uh, the word me and my guy friends use is like a playful word is just, uh, dusty. Like they don't, they don't do anything. Right. So the dust doesn't move. Um, it was just terrible, but it's like, you know, okay, you're a Christian now. What? Like, I can't just marry you because you're a Christian, right? Like, are you passionate about something? Like I went on a date and a girl did boxing and I was like, that's so cool. Like you have a thing that you're passionate about. Is it your job? It can be whatever. But if, if your thing is just reading and, and, you know, going to church, like that's great. And there's a guy for that. Uh, but for me, I need to go get her somebody that, you know, has a passion and likes to do things. And, and finally someone that can just get along with everybody. Um, you get it more than anybody. Like when you're in sports, you develop a lot of different friends, right? Like you have in, in so many different areas of your life from baseball to basketball, to football, to school, to church. Like I have a very diverse friend group. So like, I need somebody that can play the part and and be nice. You know, it's so hard to find a pretty girl. that's just nice. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculously hard. Even in our church, there's like, you know, there, there's your girls that, you know, are, are mean. And then, then there's the girls that are nice. And I'm like, this is a church. Like, why is there drama? And then I, I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, but that's kind of what I look for. If that makes any sense. So girls don't be dusty. Don't be <laughs> quote Brooks clucks that. Yeah. This is why I'm not electable, right? Girls are dusty. No, no. Um, girls are great. I just, it, it you need something more, right? Like it just, reading your Bible every day and doing nothing is, is, uh, it's not something that makes, get, makes me want to get out of bed every day and, and surprise you with something or take you out or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and to that, to that point too, I think there's, there's a sermon that they did at the Grove, which is like the female, um, I know action has it called something, but I don't know the name of it. But anyway, you guys have it too. My church in Miami has it. We call it Womanity Night. Uh, Passion City Church calls it the Grove. And it's just like a big night for women, basically, a women's church service. And they had Jenny Allen speak. And she was saying to that point of like, so often we just want to get in our quiet time in our closet and pray and read our Bible and do our prayer journal and like just spend time with God. And like, that's the thing we want to do and just sit with God and rest in that. And she's like, you know what God would say to that? He would walk in that closet and say, get out, <laughs> like get out. Like, yes, spend time with me for sure. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. We want the quality time, but get out. Like the Bible says, go, like go and make disciples of all nations, go and live a life full of living, like go and actually walk out your faith, like step out of the boat, whatever it might be. Um, but don't just get so consumed with like this one on one on one time with God that you don't actually ever like make an impact on the world because you're just so focused on like only reading about God, you know? Proverbs 31 women, right? It's got verbs everywhere, but weight is not yes. one of them. You can't just Come sit on. in your closet and do nothing. Uh, God wouldn't like it. And neither does a guy that's pursuing you or thinks you're cute. Like, you know, go do something and yeah. do something that you're passionate about and uh, someone's going to love it. So that, yeah. that's my advice at least. 
Yeah, well, and I'll say, guys, don't be dusty either. Don't be dusty. That's the word, man. Just don't be dusty. Don't be dusty. It means you're not moving around. You got dust on you. Yeah, like girls are looking at the same thing too, or at least I am too. Like that's my thing is like, it's the ambition. It's the independence. It's falling after their own purpose, their own calling, running after God full speed. Like they're, they're fully focused on their relationship with God and serving his kingdom and serving his church and making an impact on this world, having his life together, like becoming his best, best self, just as you should be doing the same. And I think that's the most attractive thing. And then I think another thing that I always keep in mind when I'm looking to is that you look for patterns over potential, Mm. patterns over potential, because so easily you can see potential in someone. You can see they're doing all the right things. They're going to the church. They're in the small group, all the things they have great potential, but you can't date potential and you can't marry potential. You got to marry and date patterns. And so I think you got to see things actually being walked through. You got to see like the proof of their faith and the things they do and how they talk in conversations and what they're doing and how they're serving. They can have, you know, big hopes and dreams and that's great too. And we should have that. But what are they doing in the meantime? Like if they want a billionaire, if they want to be a billionaire, are they broke now? Like, are they going further, further into debt now? Like what, what are the steps that they're taking? Um, so I think just continuing to look at patterns over potential is something that I always keep in mind too. So can you date, that being a great question. Like, can you date someone like not for looks? Like, is that possible? I think that you can, it's possible. I think it's possible. Yes, you can do anything. <laughs> you can do right? anything. Philippians 413, like let's go, yes, baby. <laughs> you can do anything through Christ who gives you strength, including date someone who you're not attracted to or whatever the words you just said. Yeah, um, physical but attraction. Physical attraction. But I think it's important at the end of the day. I think it's important. I think you got to be attracted to the person. Me too. Let's um, debunk think, that right now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, sure, to a certain extent. And I, th- and I think there's like, there's, um... I'm blanking on the word. What am I trying to say? I don't remember. I've had five concussions, so my brain's a little a little iffy at this point. Um, I don't even know. I forget where I was going with that. But I think there's things that like are on your checklist that base. Oh, compromise. I think you can compromise on something. So like you wanted you wanted him to be six ten, and he's not six ten. He's six five. Like things like that or whatever. So I think there's like compromises there and like physical attraction, but I think there's still got to be something there for like, it's all to happen. <laughs> okay. Beauty's not forever, human. but beauty does matter. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yes. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen one of those relationships work yet. One of those where yeah. it's like, Oh, like he's such a nice guy and he, he's so, you know, he's involved in the church and blah, blah, blah. Like I haven't seen it work yet. I don't anticipate I will. So yeah, I have a, I literally have a friend that just, Two days ago, I received an 18-minute voice memo explaining oh, no. explaining why that did not work out in her own life. So oh, I, wow. I agree. I think, I, And I think so often, too, it's like you almost go, especially for maybe newer Christians, it's like you, you start off and you're totally in the secular world, and then you enter into the church world, and you're dating godly or you're trying to do that. And so then maybe you are dating someone who you're not attracted to because you want to date godly and you want to focus on the things and you focus on the inward appearance and not, you know, not the outside and all the things there. Um, But then you realize it doesn't quite work. And so you got to find the happy medium. It's like, okay, like, I know what I'm looking for on the inside, but where can we balance on the outside too? (laughs) Totally agree. Totally agree. Everybody has that journey when they're single, right? It's like, as some of my argument happens as you get older and older. It's like, yeah, hmm, I'm suddenly I am less picky about the exterior, but like, come on, where's the compromise? It's gotta be somewhere. Yes. yes. No, agreed. Agreed. Okay. 
talking more on just like what you're looking for in different things, um, what is something a girl might do to make guys less interested, less likely to pursue them? So maybe this is a red flag, but maybe even like a yellow flag, something that's just like a little turnoff. Okay. Um, I, I'm thinking of a few things right off the bat. So I You're like everything. <laughs> yeah. At so many things, anything. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, I, I hate to admit it, but it like optics matter. Um, and so if you are showing a lot of yourself on Instagram, it, it's definitely, uh, a turnoff for the guys that are looking for something, someone who, um, is of like serious substance. Right. And yeah. so if you, if I'm seeing a lot of body, I'm like, man, like it'd be cool if, you know, one day I, she's just broadcasting to everybody. So like she, the bait she's using, right. I, I don't even realize, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same way you are like the bait yeah. she's using is, is fishing for all sorts of things. And I don't know if that's something I want to take, right. Like she's not, I don't think she's going to hell, but that, but like, I, I don't need that. Right. I don't really need that in my life. That's a lot of attention that I need to compete with. Like, why does she feel the need to do that? Um, I've heard several girls talk about how like, oh, you know, I'm just, I I've had issues in the past and now I'm owning my body and now I'm doing this. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. You're not getting anyone like me, but that's great. <laughs> you know, you do you. Um, and then I think the other thing is just like people that are getting older, you know, when, when they get out of college, if they're still going out, um, if they're still stuck in that nightlife era or whatever, you know, and, and, and going out and drinking all the time and that kind of thing, I think that's just a sign of immaturity. And uh, I don't think that's really attractive to guys that are focused on, um, you know, uh, marriage and godly dating and all and all the things. And then the last one is, I think, uh, Snapchat. I think girls that are just like, if you still are snapping 30 people every single day and your snap score is in the millions, I'm it's like, just I'm, annoying I'm, at this I'm point. sorry. I like, why should I trust you? Like literally, <laughs> why should I trust you? are talking to a million people. How much attention do you need every day? Like, you want to impress me? Show me that you talk to like, three or four people, you have a good set of friends and you don't need anything else. Like you could do without all the other stuff. Now I'm impressed because every girl needs to show their body, needs to get the attention, needs to like have a million people in their DMs to feel good. And I'm like, that's just exhausting. And I don't, I don't want to compete with that attention. Um, I'd rather just win you over and, and uh, just engage with you on a, on a more real level, because I think all that's pretty superficial. Um, this is the judgmental side of me, right? Like I, this is my opinion. This is not like godly advice, whatever. Like this, this is, is the just, Bible. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second Brooks verse. <laughs> yeah, no, it's none of that. Um, but th that's, that's my stuff. How about you? Yeah, no, that's really good. I think going back to even the, it's the bait you catch them with is the bait you're going to keep them with. And that's so true. And like, even, I mean, I'll be fully transparent too, is over, it was like two weeks I went to, um, on a beach trip or whatever. And like, we took our pics at the beach and all the fun things like with the girls. And, and I posted one that was like, in my opinion, fine to post, like, wasn't really showing anything at all. Like, it's really just like my side profile, like shoulder up. Like, you can tell a beach pic from like a, a body pic, right? Like yes. there's a difference. Yes. You can have fun yeah. with your friends and take a beach pic and you yeah. can also be showing off your butt. Like there's, there's, yes. there's just a difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But even, but even I, I had posted one to my story that showed a little bit more of my skin. By no means was it like, look at my body, look at my body, whatever. But I mean, right. I looked relatively good in it. Right. Um, right. But even I posted, right. I posted it and then, <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been working out, you know, still got it, still got it. Biceps um, popping. 
And but I deleted it from my story. I posted it for a little bit and then I deleted it because at the end of the day, I was like, like, why am I? Why do I care? to Like, what is the point in this? Like, mm-hmm. what is the point in it? Like, if anything, I'll send it to my sister and be like, hey, like, look at my abs popping. And she'll be like, oh, like, you go, girl. Like, my sister can hype me up off of online. Like, other than that, like, it doesn't need to be broadcasted, like you said. And and it wasn't even by any means like a seductive photo or like anything at all. Um, but again, it's just like, like, what is the purpose? Like, how is that helping me? How is that going to help anyone that follows me? Like, thinking of the guys that thought whatever it might be so I think yeah like that's that's huge for me too like um looking at what other girls are posting too but then and it also makes it doesn't help the girls that see it either because then you just you feel insecure too so like it really doesn't help anyone in that situation um but yeah that's that's definitely true I feel like a lot of what you said can be flipped to the guy's side um I think I think social media is a big one in this world of like that can easily get you in trouble with red flags and whatever it might be. Um, so I will agree to everything you said. And then to add more for me, like a red or yellow flag, I hate cussing. I hate curse words. Like that is a huge turnoff for me immediately. Um, so that's definitely one. And just like, and just speaking well and speaking kindly, like mm-hmm. there's no reason. Like I hate, I even in music, like I hate, I'm like, you didn't have to say that word. Like this was a good beat. This was a good song. And then you just ruin it. <laughs> like it's so annoying to me. Like there yeah. is no purpose in throwing that in there. There are <laughs> a, a thousand other words that could have been sent there. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's definitely one for me. And then I, and then don't be dusty, right? That's, don't that's, be, don't be dusty. Red flag. Guys. Don't be dusty. Guys and girls, don't be dusty. Another one vaping. Oh my gosh. That's oh, the worst no. thing in the world. If yeah, if you're into vape, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I can't do it. Um, I, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't. So no, no, I agree with that. And I'm going to go back to your Snapchat one because there is, I remember we were, I was at passion conference this past year and there is a guy that would like start talking to me, whatever we were having, having good conversation, whatever. It was just like waiting for the next session to start. And after all this goes, he asked for my Snapchat and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so bad. So Dude, bad. I hate that. I absolutely hate he that. He was, he was this close, wasn't he? Like you he were, was, were you, were you like, going to give him your number? I would have given him my number. Sure. Like, yeah. I don't know if anything would have happened, but I would have given him my number. But no, your Snapchat. And I'm like, how you're like 26 years old. Like, what is this? If you have a job, you shouldn't be snap. I mean, like you, that that shouldn't be your go-to, right? Yeah. It just it really shouldn't. Yeah. Like I have I have a Snapchat. I do. And I Snapchat my sister and I have a group chat that I'm in since my freshman year of college. My they're my teammates. It's all like four of my closest teammates. Um, and those are the only two people that I Snapchat. And literally most of my Snapchats from my sister are like of her pets at her house in Nashville (laughs) and like her and her husband like it's random little silly dumb things um no no streaks couldn't tell you the last streak that I had probably when I was like in seventh grade (laughs) I can't part with my memories that's my thing I've tried to move it over to my camera roll and like it it breaks them up and it it doesn't it takes them yeah it takes them out of the course of time so like it'll it'll just pretend that you took them all on July, what is this? July 18th. Like, it'll just say you took them all on July 18th. And I'm like, that's, I like saying, oh, this happened four years ago, whatever. Um, and then I'm just like you, I Snapchat my sister, my sister's my best friend. And then one of my teammates from North Carolina, I, uh, I communicate with him a lot through Snapchat just because not even a lot. I mean, he's a guy, so he Snapchats once a week too, but, um, you know, we'll Snapchat golf, like whenever we're golfing or whatever it is. And, uh, 
I, I totally agree. It just, it just shouldn't be the median to, oh. to, you know, talk to a girl or whatever. Even Instagram DMs. Like, I'm like, can we not? That's the challenge. So that's the challenge though. Until once you become single and you get the apps and whatever, like the challenge is to get that girl off the app, get yes. her number. And it, that, that transition, it, it takes time. I mean, I struck out, I don't know, 10 <laughs> times, <laughs> not even lying. Like, it's just a hard thing to do. Uh no, I hate it. I'm like, please, can we can we make it out of the DMs already? No, for sure. So we talked about, um, we kind of touched on this question already, but I'll go ahead and hit it just for the case of this follower who asked. Um, yeah. It says, is it wrong to make a list of what you want in your future partner? Or is it more just like you trust that God already knows the list that you want or the things that you're looking for? The whole rip up the list concept. Wow. I don't know. I you know, I, I tried the whole, like I said, I tried the whole boxes thing and now I'm trying the whole God knows the whole list thing. Um, and I, I think really it's just a combination of the two, like, you know, Cam, we were talking about like, what, what are the things that really matter? What are the things we yeah. really look for? I, I think we all had a list and we whittled it down and now we're just looking for those core things. And then it's, it comes to, down to like, can I compromise? Like what, what is left that I can compromise on? What is left that I can't, um, but to each their own. I mean, if you're young, you can be as picky as you want. No one's making you do anything. So yeah, why not? If you get everything you want, congrats. Kudos to you. <laughs> Other people seem to be getting everything. If, if you, if you look at social media, everybody seems to be having perfect marriages and perfect uh, yeah. engagements. So Obviously. maybe you're one of those people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> flawless. So I love it. Okay. Now as a man, I feel like this is going to be a, your perspective will be interesting on this question. Um, so in dating, how much are you active versus leaving it all up to God? Because, you know, as a man, you should be doing the pursuing, or at least that's what we're told and, um, have learned. And so how much are you just kind of waiting for the stars to align perfectly versus actively going out, um, and reaching out to girls or whatever that might, might look like. No. So this was, that's a good question. And this is kind of a recent revelation I think I've had is, um, I think through my younger twenties, I was just always like, you know, God will bring her to me at the right time. I'm just going to go to church, you know, go do my thing, go to work, whatever, that's it. Or go to class and it'll just happen. Right. And then I hit, you know, coming up on my mid twenties, I'm like, maybe there is something to a man like leading. Maybe there is something to a man like going out there and, and putting himself out there, being vulnerable, going, going and getting it, getting his heart broke, whatever. So, um, I, I think as men guys, like we're in charge of like going out there and doing the thing. Right. And, and I think there's a balance between, you know, going to the bars and finding a girl versus like, you know, going to church, getting active in it down. I, I was on the dating app for a while, like downloading hinge and, and just trying it, trying it that way. Um, do something where it, it provides an outlet for you to meet people. And that kind of gives, um, an opportunity for God to, to be at work in one of, in a relationship in a really cool way. Um, I think about that analogy of the guy that's on the Island and he's like, God, come save me. And then there's a boat that comes by and, uh, all the people are like, Hey, come on, let's go. It's time to go. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm waiting for God to save me. And so I'm like, all right, like I need to start swimming. Like I, I need to swim to the boat. Like, I don't know what it looks like, but I need to do something so that, you know, if I really want it, um, I think God will honor that, you know? And so I, I'm chasing it in a reasonable way. And in a, in a, if I see someone I like, I'm going to go after it, but I'm not, I'm not um, compromising my values. I'm not uh, doing, th doing anything too dumb, but guys like do something, right? No, that's so good. And since you mentioned it a couple of times in there too, thoughts on dating apps. So you've mentioned you've been on Hinge before. What, what's your overall general overview of dating apps and thoughts there? Uh, it's tough. Um, 
because you got to, you get, you know, you got to get to the match and then you got to be fun. You know, guys, this is your struggle. Like you got to be funny and witty to the point where it's not weird to ask for her number. And chances are she's matched with like a couple other guys too. So, and then she gets tired of like talking to all these guys, just waiting for something to happen. And so oftentimes um, too much time goes by and it, it's just tough. Um, but I, I know a lot of friends that are getting married through hinge. My sister got married through hinge. Um, yeah. So I really have nothing against it. She found an amazing guy and they actually both thought they were catfishes. Like they thought each other were catfishes and uh, it turned out not, not to be that way. So I, I'm, I'm pro dating app. I'm pro trying. Um, and then just take breaks every once in a while. Like I'm on a break right now and, um, I'll probably get back to it eventually, but, uh, you know, at some point it gets exhausting, um, throwing pickup lines and, and trying to meet girls and do the whole dating thing. So, um, get out there. When you see a girl that you do have interest in, how do you approach then expressing your interest in her? Oh my gosh. Are you asking for my secret recipe? Yeah, obviously. (laughs) We need, wow, this is so, for the guys. I'm not going to use yeah. it because I got to be pursued upon. Well, now guys oh. all over the place are going to start using my using my uh, strategy, but that's that's okay. That's okay. I'm generous. <laughs> I'm generous. Um, Such a giving heart. <laughs> so typically I, I will try to, if there's friends around, like I'll try to make friends with someone around them because I'm not nervous and I can just start a conversation with anybody, right? Um, start a conversation with them and give her an opportunity to kind of make her way in. And then that's when I kind of like, you know, shift my focus over there. And then my goal when I first talk to a girl is to make her feel like a really big deal. Um, she will either do one of two things. She will say, you know, like I'm full of myself, but she's laughing. Or the other thing is she'll kind of like feed into it and be like, yeah, you know, I kind of am. And then I, and then I feed into that and I'm like, you know, what are you really good at that? Oh, that's what you really get. We should go, you know, I might be able to beat you like that kind of thing. Um, that's kind of how I weasel my way in, but, uh, making them feel like a big deal is, is my go-to. And the beginning of that, if you want to be her lover, you got to get with her friends. Wow. Yeah. I can so. <laughs> uh, be with the friends, uh, be with the friends and she'll find her way over. Don't worry. She's, is it true? She's always watching, right? Like she knows. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah she'll yeah. know. <laughs> so I, I go for the friend for sure. As a, as a friend. Yes. Yes. You're a, a good, a good wing man, but then you yeah. also know being on the flip side of it. What, what about you? How do you, how do you get a guy's attention if you don't want to pursue a guy or do you pursue a guy? What is, what is, what does it look like for Cameron Dobbs? Um, for Cameron Dobbs and all the success I've had in my years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all the successful dating. What is your current strategy? Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, I think it would be like finding something in common is I am a talker. I talk for a living. And so, and I'm a journalist, so I ask questions for a living. And so I think easily just like trying to find something you can, can connect with, like in some way, shape or form, like he is a fan of this school. Oh my gosh. I know this guy that played there. Or did you see this documentary on so-and-so? Did you watch this, you know, Netflix series that just, whatever it might be. So I think just like having to be able to have conversation point blank period, like to try to be able to talk about something um, surface level if needed. And then you get deeper from there. And then I think there's like, I laugh at everything anyway. I laugh so easily. So it's <laughs> not like I have to like try to laugh at jokes or anything like that. But I think just like yeah. being like, you know, if they have a joke, you laugh at the joke. Like I'm, I'm definitely oh, wow. a girl that. <laughs> okay. You'll laugh at it anyways. <laughs> I laugh anyway. I'm a fairly like, 
you know, bubbly person anyway. So that's not too hard to me. Um, but I definitely am one of the girls that like physical touch, like the touch of the shoulder or like the touch of the arm or like whatever Ugh. it might be or like like the push, like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like I'm definitely one of those two. But I don't know. I'm just like if you see me, if you keep running into me or like if we keep having similar whatever it might be or like if I reply to your story on Instagram or like whatever it might be, I feel like – I'm, like, a very common, basic, like, flirter. Um, you don't play games. D- no, I don't play games. Mm. I'm not a fan of games. Um, well, some girls, like, enjoy the chase, right? So I'm just, you know. Yeah. No. Not Cameron, I, see, again, not Cameron again, Dobbs. Yeah, but again, not it goes a, back to even, like, like getting out of the DMs. I'm like, just get out. Like, you can send me one DM and then, like, You can do number. it. You can do yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just go ahead. Just go ahead and do it. I, I Funny enough, I even had one guy before. He asked for my number in the DMs and he didn't. um, I'm also a very bold person, too. I'm not afraid to be bold. And so anyway, he asked for my number and then like didn't follow up, like didn't text me. So then I DM'd him back (laughs) and I said, I was like, dang, you must be writing like an essay to me via text. Like if it's taken you this long. That's so funny. That's good. Minutes later, he texted me. He was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, you're good. It's fine. But no, I don't, I don't really think I play games or anything. I'm, yeah. And I'm very much too, like, I don't waste my time. So like, even in like a talking phase or whatever, like I will get to a point where like, I'm just going to straight up tell you, I like you if I like you at a certain point. And like, I want my man to lead for sure. But like at a certain point, it's going to be like, look, if this helps you out anymore, like I'll say my interest and then you can follow up and you can take it from there. Um, Which granted, maybe that's. I haven't found a man that will lead me yet. So maybe there's the downside of that. No, you're totally right. There'll be guys that'll ask me like, Hey, like, what do you think about this text? I'm about to send her and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey man, like at the end of the day, it's either she will or she won't like, you know, so you can only, you know, put the words in such an order, whatever. Like she's either, she's already either made up in her mind that she will or she won't. So like, you might as well just go for it. You yeah. know, and it sounds like you're very like that in relationships where it's like, yeah. I'm just going to be honest about my feelings. And uh, <laughs> if, if it scares you, like, okay, like you can leave. And if not yeah. great. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, like our most, you know, our most valuable thing in our lives is our, our time. Right. So why would I stay into you if you're just going to like drag this out? Like that's just yeah. a total waste of my life. Yes. No. And like my three biggest pet peeves in life in general, not just in dating, okay. are, are miscommunication. So being bad at communication or miscommunicating, um, wasting my time. Oof. Yeah. yeah. And um, being not being a man of your word or a woman of your word. Those are my three biggest pet peeves. Miscommunication, not being a man or a woman of your word um, and wasting my time. So I'm like, if you can avoid doing those three, you'll be good. It's not too hard. It's not too hard, no, guys. You hear that? It's not. It's really not that hard. Like, we're asking for the bare minimum, boys. This is easy as that. Is that it? That's it. Anything else? Wait, blank period. And look good. And look good. Oh, and just bad. not just not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Just we can we can meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> okay. Continuing on. A little bit of the same same topic here. Um Someone asked, why don't guys ask girls out as much in person? Do they have oh, a wow. fear of rejection? Hmm. Uh, yes, obviously. But I think it's deeper than that. This is a personal Ooh. theory of mine. But like uh, we have access to pornography. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
we can try to talk to a girl or think about it, but at the end of the day, like we can go home and have access to literally anything we want. We don't have to like put ourselves out there or be vulnerable at all. So the fear of vulnerability will keep us from doing that. And then we'll just go do our own thing. And then, and then what, what it creates is a, is a population of girls that are more aggressive. Right. And and they come to them and then it just creates, I I think it, it throws off the dynamic. I think Mm -hmm. the best relationships that I've known where the guy is the guy going after the girl and those marriages tend to be the strongest and whatever. And if you guys have the opposite, that's great. Good for you. Um, just saying my experience. Um, so those guys tend to, um, it's, it's just the access to, to different things. So they're, so they're less willing to put themselves out there and be vulnerable and go get it. And I'd say there's also a small population of guys that are just timid and you might have to just be a little bit more, um, what, what do the girls do? It's like, leave the hint behind or something like that. Like you might have to just drop a hint a little bit more obvious if he's that kind of guy, but if he's outgoing and he's not doing it, it's he, he's probably not into you or not into you enough. I mean, I've met a million babies in my life. Like I've said no to a lot of maybes and they were very strong maybes. Like had they been more aggressive and even in my past relationships, it was, it was just very aggressive maybes that turned into relationships. And I was like, actually, I don't like you anymore. Uh, and, and I knew that at the beginning, right. But she was a, maybe she came after me. I let it happen. And then I got rid of her. Um, so I would say, you know, there's, there's a chance that you're a maybe, and there's a chance that he's a timid guy and he's not willing to do it. And in which case, you know, you might have to be a little more aggressive and show him that. Um, but if he's not that kind of guy, uh, I would say, stay away, you know, because if he really wanted it, he would do it. Um, yeah. Does that help? <laughs> yeah. And then going off of that too, you kind of hinted towards it is thoughts on the phrase. If he wanted to, he would. Yeah. I, and I think it's a personality thing. If it's a quieter guy, you know, a lot of girls like quieter guys at times. And, um, I think at that time you should put yourself out there a little bit more and just, just help him out because it is a terrifying thing. Like I'm the most outgoing guy in the world. And like, that's still so hard for me to do. Um, but if he's outgoing and if you are in relationship with him, like your friends of friends or whatever, like he will put him out himself out there some way if he really wants it. Right. So if you guys have been friends forever and you guys are all hanging out or whatever, or not even friends forever, just friends. And he's not doing anything. Like I, I don't see a reason for you to put yourself out there and, and be aggressive because while you might change his mind and you might even get the relationship you want, I, I don't think it'll work out for you in the long run. Um, but it, it, it comes down to the individual guy at the end of the day. So that that's a hard question to answer. I don't think it's true across the board by any means. Um, be smart, <laughs> pray for wisdom. <laughs> and just hope for the best. What do you think, Cam? <laughs> On if he wanted to, he would. I yeah. think, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I don't have as much say here because it's if he wanted to, he would. So I, that's what's your personal you theory. But I, I think, um, I think at the end of the day, I'm curious. It's, I think it has a, a lot of validity to it. I think there are also some also valid reasons that it might not happen. So like, I don't know, logistic reasons or it's almost like fighting your flesh. So like, yeah, maybe he would love to ask you out. Maybe he'd love to be in a relationship with you. But like, ideally, like that's not what is good for his life right now. That's not good for his faith, like whatever it might be. Like, So I think there are certain like roadblocks that can right. stop a man like, that are totally valid and maybe even mentors are speaking to that, like whatever it might be. So maybe it's more of like him fighting his flesh, like that's him being disciplined is actually not pursuing you, um, depending on his phase in his life. If maybe he really needs to work on something in his life and he's being obedient to God in doing that. Um, so I think there's validity in like people do have valid reasons and not, 
But I think at the end of the day, it's like, if it's everything's healthy, if everything's good, then I think at some point, if he wanted to, he would. And maybe he's shy, but he's going to be a friend to your friend. And maybe he's yeah. shy, but he's going to, you know, try to sneak himself in here somewhere. So yeah. I think I think even if it's not a great big grand gesture of Romeo knocking on your, you know, throwing pebbles out your window, like I think at, at some point, like there will be some type of interest shown. I think if you're giving him confidence, I think you're doing everything you can, right? Like if you're giving yeah. him the confidence to like put himself out there, yeah. don't don't stand in the corner and be like, why isn't he asking me out? He would if, you know, like if he really liked me, he would like put yeah. yourself out there, like give him confidence. And if he doesn't take the bait, you know, the real bait, um, just I, nine times out of 10, you should probably just leave it alone because yeah. guys, guys aren't, we're dumb, but we're not that dumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so, and, and I remember being on dates with girls and I'm like, I, I don't even sense you giving me confidence to, you know, ask for a second date or, or whatever it may be. So it's like, um, you know, I think your responsibility in that is just to give the guy enough confidence to put himself out there. Okay. Going off of that off topic, off script here or not off topic, totally on topic is what can a girl do to help give you confidence? Oh yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is kind of like what you're talking about where it's like, if you're laughing and you give them like the, the little, the little contact thing, um, if you just sound really interested in what they're doing or like just show respect for like who they are and as they're talking, that kind of thing, or like just, oh, you're into this. Like, I love that. Like, that is so cool. And, and just seem really genuinely interested. Like that, that's all you can do. Right. Like, um, I, you know, you're a girl, you're better than me at this, but I, when you, when it happens, you know, right. Like I, every time I've been flirted with, like, there's been like a little line crossed and I know, yeah. um, yeah. and some girls are more gentle. Some girls are better at it. And some girls aren't, um, I don't know what that rule is. Maybe you should drop that in the girl chat. Um, I I'm trying to think of ones where I was like, that was really, you know, like, like, that was cool. But, um, yeah. So do you, yeah. do you have any, I don't know. But I think, yeah, I think it's just even like, he does whatever extracurricular activity and he throws it out and you're like, Oh, like maybe I'll come see you play sometime or like, I'll you know, check it out. Or I think saying things that like look to the future, I think that's a hint of like, okay, she's interested in something further than more than like this moment we're in right now. Um, Or, you know, again, I think just showing genuine interest in what they are interested in too. And I think just hyping them up, honestly, like making them feel special. Like I think anyone can do that easily. Um, there's, there's not a tip or a strategy that comes with that, but I think if you just, I don't know, make eye contact, like give them the time of day at the very least. That's smart. Um, leave, leave room for yeah. an invite, right? Like, Oh, I'd yeah. love to go do that. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's like, if it's an awkward pause then, cause he didn't invite you, like maybe, maybe pick that up. Right. <laughs> or, or no. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, when a girl does that, I'm like, Hey, respect. But at the same time, like I'm going to, now I'm just going to start talking about golf and you're going to go away now. (laughs) So it's like, and next topic. (laughs) Exactly. And 90 degree turn. Oh my goodness. I love it. Okay. Well talking, you know, just even then first dates going on to second dates, third dates, fourth dates, and the more, how long does it take for a guy to know she is the one or maybe even not the one, or maybe even just someone you want to keep pursuing? To me, it's, I, I, um, I think it's once you get out of the friend zone and then you have a couple months mm-hmm. after that. I mean, not the friend zone, the, uh, the, you know what I'm trying to say here? 
the uh talking dms where are we no, going no no no. Snapchat? when you first start dating uh the the lover's period what do you call that oh honeymoon phase honeymoon phase thank you that was so difficult um uh, after you get out of the honeymoon phase and then a couple of months um i think it's around six months is when you should kind of know mm. and if you're if you're just dragging it out beyond that and you still have like things i don't think the person's changing anytime soon yeah and i don't think you're you're like trying i don't think your actions are justified to stay in there and try to change them or whatever now that doesn't mean you can't date for a long period of time knowing you're going to get married because of circumstances because of finances whatever like that's all done and good but in your mind around six seven eight like that that area you should probably know or a guy will know like you know this is someone i can see spending my entire life with and i don't plan on going anywhere um that's my opinion um i think you got to get out of the honeymoon phase i i don't think you are in the right mind to make that judgment call in the first couple months. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's like you said at the very beginning too. It's like once you know the faith, the money, politics, and I'm forgetting the other F. Family? What was it? Uh, Faith, money, politics, family. Yeah. Family. Okay. I got it. So it's like give yourself that time to figure yeah. that out. And like six months, Absolutely. generally, like half a year, that's probably going to get you most of those things already figured out. You've probably been pretty vulnerable at that point, like shared conversations, whatever it might be. Probably maybe gone through some ups and downs um, in those six months, definitely through a year. So I think at that, that point, too, it's like you, you should probably know, like you're going to continually learn. Of course, right. you will learn all the way and, you know, married till death do you part. Um, but I think that's that's about accurate, too. Of Just like once you go through some ups and downs, you learn the, the depths of each other. Uh, you should probably know by then. Yeah, once once you pass that little mile marker, it's kind of like, all right, we need to be thinking like real, real life. Now. Like it's time to turn a corner in our relationship yeah. and, and really put the gas on. Um, because if we're just going to drag this out, we're wasting both our times. And that goes back to being a Christian man and a Christian woman and whatever and honoring that person's future spouse. Like if I'm just going to keep you around because it's convenient, because it's comfortable, um, because it fits my lifestyle right now, which is what you see a lot in college, like because you're here and I'm here and it's uncomfortable to break up and yeah. see each other, like we're going to stay together, like that whole thing. Um, you know, you got to honor God at that point and just be like, despite how uncomfortable this is going to be, like it, this is for her husband and this is for my wife. I got to go. Um, yeah. And I think it goes back to too, like godly dating Christians perspective. I think definitely the perspective we have is like, you're dating to marry, like you're dating with an end goal here. Like you're not just dating to date. So like you are, as you progress, like you have something in mind like you're going through this six month phase you're analyzing you're interpreting whatever it might be because you want to move towards marriage like this isn't just we're not wasting our time out here um no one wants to waste their time i i already said i hate when i have my time wasted and so yeah i think there's there's a purpose to what you're doing and so just like any goal, you're going to have many goals to get to that goal. And so if one of those goals is figuring out the faith, is figuring out the finances, the family, the politics, whatever it might be, like you got to hit those as you go. Once you hit all those goals, what's your mile marker? Is it engagement? Is it this, that, and the other? Like that's where you figure out and that's where you continue to move on. Absolutely. Totally agree. Boom. Same page. We're <laughs> okay. just figuring this out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So hard. now, now that you get into the relationship, so you go through the six months or however long it might be, it might be you're dating for two months, whatever it might be. What are your thoughts or guys thoughts in general, whatever of showing relationships on social media? That's always like a fun topic. Uh, uh, so that's, a, that's a fun one because I, um, I struggle with that because I don't, I don't care. I don't care about social media. I don't care about my social media presence. 
Uh, whereas I, I think if I dated somebody, they would wonder and take it personally why they're not on it and whatever. Uh, so I, I think it really just is unique to the, to the relationship and kind of how they are. Um, if a girl needed that to feel validated and secure and whatever, like I'm totally willing to compromise on that and help that out. Um, I think it's really cringy personally, but at the end of the day, like if I'm dating you to marry you, like I'm willing to be ideally I'm willing to look as cringy as possible. Like I'll, I'll embarrass myself at the end of the day. Like if I really like you, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Right. Um, that's my perspective on it. But I think if a guy isn't showing you on social media and he's very serious about not doing it and he's not willing to bend on that, it kind of brings into question what else is he not going to bend on? Because that's a very silly thing to not bend on. And, uh, if you, if you're not proud of who you're dating, I don't know what you're doing. It's funny because I'm uh, almost like the opposite perspective. In a sense <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. That's probably not the right word. And you might think I'm going somewhere different. Um, but I'm in this sense to where I I don't want to show my relationship on social media until it's like engagement or like until it's like really serious. Um, because maybe it's half of the I don't want to waste my time. Half of the everyone in the world does not have to know what's going on in my life, um, including in relationships. There's a lot of opinions out there. And I think you need to have your mentors, your trusted opinions, the people that you care about and need to have a say in your life. But to a certain extent, it doesn't have to be broadcasted everywhere uh, because people will have opinions, (laughs) just like you even said how you thought it was cringy, like like you even had an opinion. And so um, so for me, I I feel like and maybe it's maybe for me, too, it's just like I want that like special moment, too, of like like almost like a, not a pride, but like pride in a good way of like, if you get your spot on my Instagram, like you earned it, like you did it. Like Cam Dobbs Instagram is a big deal. Everybody hear that. (laughs) It's your, your badge of honor is to be on it. So they call it, they call it a hard start. Have you heard that term? That's what it's called. Hard launch. Okay. See, you are, you're already on it. I think one of my friends did that and I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yes. Like that was so cool. Like they didn't need to tell everybody what they're doing or everything they're yeah. doing all the time. Not that it's bad to post, but like, no. yeah, I thought a hard launch was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I have Well, and I think also it's just like who you surround yourself with too, because everyone like at my church here in Miami, everyone does that. Like, even if everyone knows they're dating, even if a select group of people know they're dating, like they don't post on Instagram until it is an engagement pretty much for the most part. And so like, I feel like that's just what I've seen too. And like, that's just what I'm used to. And then if anything, it'll be like, um, you do have soft launches if you know hard launch. So you also have soft launches and that's like your, that's like your, uh, your sneaky little, like you show in, you know, his hand on the table or like Ah, your, you know, whatever it might be. So it's like, it's the little like, Oh, there's someone, but no one knows who it is. And like, you can't identify who it is. So there's like your little soft launches And then um, even friends will do like your close friends. And so that's like your close friends on Instagram will have, you know, the stories where they get to see your whatever on your fun date. But it's not public information in a sense. Like it's not broadcasted to everyone. It's just only to your best friends, your close friends on there. So so that's where I stand. I'm not the one where it's like I would want my boyfriend to be posting because I don't want anything posted. And on his too, like the same thing goes like I don't want to be posted until we are engaged, serious, like whatever it might be. I, um, I, one of my favorite couples ever, uh, in North Carolina, like the wife has all the social media for them Mm. and the guy just 
lives his life. And I'm yeah. like, that is, that's the, for me. Like if my goal is to move towards no social media eventually and maybe keep it for work or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, realistically, I might have to keep it for those reasons, but um, I would love to be the guy that just doesn't even know what's going on, like in social media. And the girl is just always like, you know, oh, someone so said this. Oh, tell them I said thanks. Like, I think that's the coolest thing in the world. So that going back to like, I, that's why I don't want to be posting about me and my girlfriend and me having witty comments about us going somewhere or, or trying to be insta, you know, famous yeah. or cute or whatever. So I, I, it just, it's all over my head. I would ruin it anyways. I would look so <laughs> lame. So that's why I'm like, do you really want me to post it? Cause it's, you're not going to be proud of it. I can try, but you're not going to love it. So on, on your checklist is also needs to be a social media manager. Yeah. Yeah, for over. sure. Yeah, for sure. You can even pretend to be me. <laughs> that's, that's ideal. Yeah. Just run it for you. Like be your yeah. assistant. Take it yeah. over. If I could like not have said. a phone, I would. That would be amazing. But unfortunately, the golf memes are just too good. So I have to Oh keep my it. goodness. Big golfer, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. But I love the golf memes. <laughs> I live on a golf course. No kidding. Are you a member? Um, no. Are your fa- Is your family member? No, no. Okay. Well. No. Well, we have like, out. I have never golfed on this golf course. Granted, I've only lived here since August. But um, we... Yeah, apparently, like you can go for like six dollars or something if you live here in the community. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, that's so cool. I need a place to golf in Miami. All (laughs) right, I yeah, I'll take you up on it next time in Miami. I'll let you know. That's six dollars. Wow, that's almost worth driving right now. (laughs) Come on down. At uh, you'd get here three and a half hour drive. About what one a.m.? Yeah, see you at one a.m. Little midnight midnight golf sesh. Go for it. Yeah, it's really easy to find the ball out here. And you can't see anything. Continuing back on to our, Sorry, our conversation here, um, getting navigated back here. We talked about pursuit. We talked about leading, different things like that. You mentioned, you know, how the guys could should kind of be not necessarily making the first move, but just making the further moves, I guess, maybe. Um, so how does and can a man actually lead in a relationship? You know, whether that's specifics or just like broad sense to you. Um, You know, we kind of brushed on it earlier and I just go back to honesty and vulnerability. Like he's got to lead with honesty and vulnerability and just keep her really, really well informed about where you're at. Because I mean that, like you said, miscommunication is a pet peeve. Well, miscommunication leads to like a whole plethora of issues. So I, I think a godly man is in charge of being vulnerable and honest and moving forward with the intent that like, I want you to be my future wife, but like odds are like you're probably someone else's future wife at the same time. Right. I mean, I, I guess you could ask the further question of like, can girls make the first move? Like, which I feel like we've kind of said that girls definitely, you can show your interests and things like that. Uh, you mentioned some girls are definitely more aggressive than others. Uh, do you think that girls can and should make the first move? I think they should. If, if the guy is kind of a, is kind of a, you know, doorknob she should probably move forward you know just like a more quiet guy like okay this guy's never gonna make a move on anyone ever like you should probably put yourself out there because there are a lot of great guys that aren't willing to do anything because you know that much might not even be in their character right like they might just be so to themselves you know that they're they're not willing to do that it's not that they don't like you it's just that that's just not who they are you know some guys won't reach out and talk to me i have to make the first one to talk to them get to know them oh this guy's really cool and let's go golfing you know yeah. Yeah. And I think, 
I think first is always can be whoever. And then just, I think for further, like down the road, yes. whatever. Because again, you yeah. look for patterns over potential. And so you think, oh, I want my man to lead in my marriage and whatever. And like, if you're going through dating though, and he's never making any decisions for the relationship or just decisions in general, then, you know, he's probably not going to make decisions in marriage either. So I think look for like, even just little things like that throughout your relationship to see if he can even lead period in a relationship. I think that's a big thing in the modern church is like really at the term I use, I, I got terms. If you haven't noticed, I got terms. <laughs> the terms I, the term I use for this is like limp wristed. Like there's oh. a lot of limp wristed men in the church who are just like, all they want to do is, and, and I'm trying to characterize it kindly, but it's like, Oh, praise God. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, like I love you and all this stuff. But like, they're not willing to like be men at the end of the day. Right. Like make hard decisions, like do hard things, like yeah. be, be mean when they need to be mean, not actually mean, but like, you know, stand up for something. Right. And so if he, if he's not leading you in the little things and leading you in the relationship, like when is he ever going to stand up for you? You know, like at what point are you going to get help? Like if the kids turn on you, like, is he going to even step up or is he going to bow down and you're going to be in charge of all of that? Do you really want that? Um, and, and in what case is he going to stand up for himself and his job to provide for you? And there's just so many things, so many things that that goes along with. So, I'd say be careful for the limp-wristed men, you know, because I think it's really common in the church. There's dusty girls and limp-wristed men, and you don't want either of those. See, I just think of, look at that flick of the wrist. Look at the flick of the wrist. (laughs) Limp-wristed. We don't want to see the flick of the wrist. No, exactly. Um, Girls, look out for the flick of the wrist. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Unless they're a basketball player, then that's okay. Uh, I disagree. (laughs) I wouldn't date a basketball player if I were you. Yeah, guys, like guys if, if they if they're a college athlete, there's a 99% chance they're terrible. So just keep that in mind. College athletes are great, but for dating them, 99% of them are pretty awful. Said by two college athletes right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Navigating in a relationship with someone who is a Christian, but is not quite at the level in their faith journey as you. So let's just put it in perspective that you are the higher up in your faith um, and they are the lower. Yes, no, and how do you navigate that? So once again, I think if you asked me five years ago, I would have said no. Unequally yoked, no. But as I've gotten older, and maybe this changes when I get even older, but as and now I'm in my mid-20s and I'm like, I think... I would rather have a girl that's really passionate about Jesus and passionate about getting to know him intimately than someone who's known him her whole life and has all the answers, but it's just kind of like existing. Right. You know, so I I work in finance. So we talk about stocks a lot and there's these, yeah, analogies, right? I got analogies. I got terms. I I got all sorts of things. Keep them coming. (laughs) So there's like your Walmart stocks, right? Like your Walmart stocks are great. They're great investments. If you're old, because they're not going to change, they pay you a dividend and everybody's happy, but it's not going anywhere. It's Walmart. They they can't grow. They can't do anything else. They're just going to be Walmart. And then there's these smaller stocks that you can buy in at now, and they are going to explode. Tesla is a good example of one in the recent history. Like Apple is a good one in recent history. Um, it's like, if these companies have certain signs that they're going to explode and they're trending upwards, you want to get on the train while they're growing and you want to grow with them, right? Like you want your assets to grow while they're growing. Um, and you know, that's, that's by no means to saying like, take a chance on somebody with no faith and, and take on a ton of risk. So it doesn't exactly line up perfectly. Like the analogy doesn't, but I think there's something to be said for someone who just is truly in love with Jesus. And you can just tell, you know, if someone's really passionate about, their job about Jesus, about whatever, you can just tell, you get the energy. I don't think it 
I don't think you have to be that smart versus like somebody who's just kind of stale. Um, I, I, I'd rather not have the staleness, even though she knows, um, you know, Philippians 4.13, Jeremiah 29.11, whatever. She can recite the verses, but like there's this other girl who's like, I don't really know those, but like I, I love going to church. Like it's so much fun. And like, I love serving. I love doing this. I love doing that. Like I'd rather have that because I can grow with that. You know, yeah. like I see where it's going and I can get alongside that and I can go. So to me, I think being equally yoked in part, yes, you need to believe in Jesus. You can't just have nothing, right? But I think a big part of it, if not, all of it is like, how passionate are you about Jesus? How passionate, how convicted are you to do this thing with somebody? Um, and I'd so much rather have that. So if that's where I'm yeah. at right now, I don't know about you, but that's no, my, I, it's my two cents. I agree. I agree. I think it's so much about like looking at if they have that eagerness and willingness to learn and continue to learn about God and continue to run after him with full speed. Because even if you are, if you know your Bible and everything and you are on fire for God, like you still shouldn't be content where you're at. Like you should always want to learn, always want to grow. Like you read the Bible cover to cover. Cool. Read it over again. Cause you're going to learn something different every single time. Like I'm on my yeah. fourth time through and I still don't know everything. And I still hit, get hit by something every single time. Like, and so I think if you just keep having that eagerness and willingness to grow, whether you are at day one or day 1000, um, like that's what you're looking for. And even to the flip side of it too, like, one of my, another big pet peeve of mine, if you throw it in there is like the whole like Bible verse in the bio and then not backing it up, which again is basically not being a man of your word. So yeah. it's like, yeah. I, I would rather you just not have the verse in your bio bio. If that's right. how you're going to act, mm -hmm. if that's how you're going to treat me, like if that's how things are going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I hate lukewarm faith. I think the Bible speaks very clearly about lukewarm faith and that it's wrong and that it's incorrect and that it can be so harming to not only yourself, but to others. Um, and I'm so big and vocal about my faith and being bold and I'm outgoing anyway. And so I love sharing and I have a whole podcast, like all the things, you know, like I'm, I, I don't think it's a secret or anything of how I live out my life and live out my faith. And so that's, I think that's very important. So yeah, whether you're day one or day 1000, like as long as you have that eagerness and that fire in your heart, like that's the thing that matters is that you're, you're going to keep running after God. You know, what's so funny about all this. It, it brings this up to me is like, you know, how you appear yourself on Instagram. Like, it's so funny because Christians will do the, like, whatever the, the Christian slogan is, whatever the verse is. And I got so sick and tired of all of it. Do you know, you, you have no idea. Do you know the verse I have in my bio? I don't. It's, it's Romans 144. I know, you know, the verse, you know, the verse, right? I think so. Yeah. You don't, you don't, there is no Romans 144. Oh. It's a completely made up verse. And only like two people have ever called me on it. And it's because it sounds like Romans, whatever the popular Romans one is. Yeah. So everybody just assumes, oh, just run, and they, and they skip it. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody even looks, but people will judge you because there's no Christian verse in it. Like I I'm so over it. I'm over Christians looking at a profile and being like, oh, you know, I don't see, I don't see Christ in the bio. Like where, yeah. where is that at? You're not even reading my, my bio. You're not That's reading my so verse, funny. right? No one cares. No one cares. So I'm tired of the fakeness. I'm tired of people being so, so shallow with it. Like I, it, it doesn't mean anything, you know, like you said, I'm so with your pet peeve. I didn't even know I had this pet peeve, but it's like, if you're going <laughs> like to say something, say right. If you're going yeah. to say something, be it, if it's going to be yeah. in your bio, mine's fake because now I don't have to be anything. <laughs> Mine is Romans 144. I posted an athletic post with like second Kings 10, 11 through 12. And it's about these bears coming out of the woods and mauling like 12 kids. Nobody noticed. I mean, like five people notice in the comment section, they'll just put like an emoji of a bear. And I'm like, these are my five friends. I have 1200 followers, whatever it is. 
I have five friends. Like I legitimately have five people that care. Um, so that wasn't to expose you. Like, I mean, everybody will be like, oh yeah, Romans 140. I think, I think if you start saying it, I'll probably know it, which is true. Like the popular Romans verses, if you start to say them, everybody yeah. knows, knows. Romans 15, but, uh, four is in my notes here. Romans 15. Exactly. So right. <laughs> exactly. It's so close. Like who would even pick up the difference? No, I was, I was literally going to be like, oh, say it and I'll probably recognize it, but exactly. I didn't know if I reference, but that's so funny. So yeah, after this, go look at my bio. It's a complete joke. And uh, I think two people have ever called me out on it. So um, yeah, no one really cares. Wow. And I, well, I think we should stop yeah. judging people for their bios. Well, and even to that point, like I didn't know like what verse was in your bio. So again, it's like, like I, I didn't even know the reference. I like, I guess maybe I could assume there's a verse there, but like, I didn't know the scripture reference. So again, it's like people aren't really paying attention to that. No. So why like, should we, we're not paying attention if it's there. So why are we judging them if it's not right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of my best friends, huge believer, loves God, reads his Bible every day. He doesn't have anything Christ related on his page. And he's like, I think it's corny. And I'm like, fair. You know what? It is kind of corny. Fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, and, I mean, and you have, you play the devil's advocate too, of like, well, you look at the Pharisees in the Bible and they're the ones who are like shouting in the streets and praying out loud and all the things. So it's like, are we yes. trying to be like the Pharisees or are we just making sure that our faith is being walked out and we're loving everybody always? Like, mm -hmm. and are we, yeah, are we being this fake personality out there that yeah. everybody's supposed to like strive to be like and never, and they'll never achieve it because it's fake and it's Instagram or are we going to just be our genuine selves? Yeah. Uh, my genuine self is a fake Bible verse because my point <laughs> is that nobody cares. Uh, so that's iconic. That's pretty iconic. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's amazing. It. Thank you. I actually put that in my hinge too. I put, I put Romans 144 and I had girls say, oh, that's so sweet. It's not real. You have no idea. Okay. So. I would never, I would never comment on it though, without also looking it up. Like, oh, I'm a Christian too. I love this. Yeah. Right. Give me a break. But even, yeah. And like, even to the sense of like, if you want to comment on it, like, and you're wanting to flirt even like I yeah. would want to look it up to like see what they're talking about. Like, is it talking about trials and tribulations? Is it this first like about trusting God? Like you could throw and like capitalize on that rather than. Yeah, yeah. Literal. Maybe there's a pickup line in there, right? Like yeah. you can mess around a little bit like, oh, I wish I was one of those bears that came out and mauled those kids or whatever. Like, you know, you can be funny. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Okay. Returning back to our questions, but I'm so sorry. All in all, no, is this is great. All in all, social media is hard to navigate, and it's weird and it's crazy, and no one knows what they're doing. So Absolutely. just just be genuine. Be genuine. Yep. At the end of the day, it's, whether you post yeah. this or that or the other, be genuine in what you post about. Alrighty. So with all that said, Brooks, everything about dating and relationships and all the good stuff oh there that we are so successful about you and me, <laughs> being single now. How can we best spend that time? How are you focusing on growth? Oh man, I, you know, we talk a lot about our future, our future spouse and our future self. And I feel like I am just remaining as committed to my future self every single day while not shortchanging any opportunity I have every day, right? Like I'm, I'm still going to go out and have fun. I'm still going to go do stuff with my friends. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to wake up with conviction that every day I need to make sure I am moving towards the man I want to be and moving towards a husband I want to be and moving towards um, just the right person for my wife. At the end of the day, I don't want to find myself in a position where I'm like, man, I wasn't ready. Uh, man, I could have been better. I could have made better decisions. I, I shouldn't have backslided. So I'm like, I'm not gonna let that happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can, everything in my power to be the best person I can be every single day, um, which sounds hard. But if you just shorten it to just giving God your heart, it's pretty easy. So that's what I'm doing. 
I actually have uh, my word of the year, two words of the year. One is rest, but the other one is prepare. And it's to that point of where it's for so long, it's like you're you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Like even if you're being active in the waiting, but like you're quote unquote waiting for the, the guy to come along, whatever it might be. And, and I think I also had a moment where I was like, what if I'm waiting, but God is waiting on me? And he's like, oh, I have them ready, but like- Uh-oh, what if it's like not you? Yeah. It's yeah. on you. <laughs> like yeah, it's right? actually on you. That's so, so good. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, in the meantime or whatever, however you phrase it, like- I'm going to prepare to be the wife that I want to be. I'm going to prepare to be the mom that I want to be. And that's with a lot of little tangible things. Like I make my bed every single day and I am staying on top of the dishes and I'm staying on top of the laundry because that's what I want to do with my house. So like any, any things in my future with my husband, I'm trying to make those habits happen now. So like I've made my bed, my bed every single day since like August 4th and I have not missed a day. And that's just like a routine that I want to have when I'm married. And so I'm starting it now as I'm single and, you know, living in my own house. And so little things like that, building it, but then even like in August, I started reflecting even on like, and my sister was in town this past weekend and we were talking about the same thing of just reflecting on like things that I saw in my parents' marriage that I love and I want and I love my parents. They're very happily married, like beautiful examples of a godly relationship. But even looking at things that I want in my relationship based on theirs, but then also things that I don't want and like different things that I want to lead my marriage and different ways I want to raise my kids and things that I want to raise my kids exactly the same way. Like, I think I just started reflecting more on like, okay, let me actually get ahead of the game. Like, let me actually start thinking of these things so that it's not a like, whoa, deer in the headlights moment when I'm finally in a relationship. Like, let's go ahead and start thinking of that now. Start preparing every single day so that, again, like I'm becoming the person that I'm looking for and so that I'm doing my best to become my best self for them because that's going to benefit them. Like, if I want to be a good wife, like, let's be a good person now. And so, yeah, I think just focusing on on doing whatever you can right now to, again, fully walk through God's purpose for your life, but also just be exactly who you want to be and like continue to grow in that and to grow in in your faith and spirituality and and fitness and this and that and the other like whatever goals you have like you don't have to waste today waiting for tomorrow like just start today like go for it go after it now and um and then you get to be your best self when your man or woman comes along which is pretty exciting i like to tell my high schoolers like you know you you think about um you know your future self and you think about who you're going to marry and and what's your, your house and what you're going to drive. And you're like, man, I just can't wait to get to that. And it's like when you're in high school and you just can't wait to get to college and you just can't wait to, to get a job. And it's like, dude, you can't like, let's just like maximize today because you're going to wish you had today, literally just a few, you know, a year from now, you're going to get in that next season. And then you're going to wish you maximize the previous one. Right. So I think it's so common for Christians to like romanticize marriage and it's a great thing. I don't want to hate on it at all, but I, I've lived a little bit of life and, and, you know, trying to play division one basketball was like the dream and, you know, percentage wise, nobody does it. Right. And everybody gets married and everybody still looks up to marriage, but like division one basketball was the thing. And I got it. And I was like, this isn't that great. (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of (laughs) miserable. When's it, when's it get cool. Um, and I, I think, you know, not that marriage is ever going to be miserable, but it's like, let's not be too, let's be cautious about how much we romanticize the future and just make sure we're not um, taking today for granted, right? Like, you know, the Bible says, you know, um, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Like, let's just maximize today, enjoy today with the thought that we're going to make decisions that honor our future selves. If we even get that far. Right. 
tomorrow's not even promised. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I think for play where your feet are, like that's the biggest, one of the biggest things that prevents you from playing where your feet are is you get so lost in this moment of looking ahead and losing the moment that you're in and Mm -hmm. you get caught up in like, you're just taking up space rather than taking advantage. And so it's, it's that same thing of that cycle of like, Oh, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for that. I can't wait. Like even I think of in college, like you sit there eating your breakfast at 4 a.m. And then you're thinking about the workout you have at five. And then you're in your workout at five thinking of the practice you have at six. And then you're in your practice at six thinking of the class you have at nine. And then you're in class thinking of how you're going to get lunch at 12. And then you're eating lunch thinking of your class at two. And then you're in your class at two thinking of the homework you have to do at five. And it's like this constant like looking ahead and maybe it's exciting things. Maybe it's not dreadful things of a schedule, but like, again, it's just, you can't wait for high school to end to get to college. You can't wait for college to end to get to your career. Can't wait for your career, whatever, to get the next promotion. You can't wait for singleness to be in a relationship and a relationship to be engaged, engaged to be married. And so it's like, yeah, you have the, I always say like the future is bright, but there's purpose in the present. So don't miss the present. Like, yes, the future is bright. There is so many beautiful, beautiful things ahead as we learn and grow and, and get promotions and get all the things and get married. But like, don't miss what God has for you now, because that's a beautiful thing. And then, like you said, like tomorrow's not even promised. So why are we even putting our money on that if we're not even promised to get tomorrow? Like, I want to take advantage of today. Like, I want to play where my feet are. I want to do my best and be my best no matter what, no matter where. Like, I want to know that the position I'm in today has so much purpose. Sure, maybe I'll be a CEO down the road, but like, even as the intern getting coffee for everyone, like, let's see how many people I can make smile. Like, whatever it might be, there's so much purpose here in the present that we can run after and pursue by simply just playing where our feet are and taking advantage of that and taking advantage of your singleness and investing in your singleness and investing in yourself. That is play where your feet are in a nutshell, right? That, <laughs> that is that play is where it. your feet are. That's the that's, speech. Put it on a t-shirt. Like, like this t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, like that t-shirt. Exactly. Is this an ad? hashtag sponsored hashtag ad okay last last couple of questions here as we wrap up i know we're going so long but i also don't want to stop the conversation because i think this is really good and this is fun i got all night yes yes and it's spontaneous and i love it um okay so we just talked about you know how you should be spending your singleness investing in your singleness things like that playing where your feet are of course so what are like your again going back to almost like words of wisdom piece of advice as you can encourage yourself, but also just other single men and women to continue to work and follow God in the midst of also having that hope for a ring one day, having that hope for a marriage, like still settling on that, like, yes, the future is bright, but there is purpose in the present idea. What is your encouragement there? Man, I think, and if you relate to that mindset, I would just encourage you, like we were just talking about, like, like rearrange what your goal is. Your goal mm-hmm. should just be to pursue God and honor God and everything that you're doing. So what that means is to focus on today with the hopes of the future, but like focus on today, yeah. like it's all you have. Right. And and if your if your goal is marriage, I'd encourage you to like rearrange your goal to be God, right? Like my dad told me in this Bible study, I'm in this intergenerational men's Bible study. It's the coolest thing ever. There's, there's high school boys and there's guys that are tomorrow's manure. Like it's awesome. Like, and all in between, it's so cool. Just the cross pollination. And my dad said at the table, he's like, man, like when I was a young professional, I focused on, uh, the five F's it was family, fitness, finances, um, fun and faith, uh, faith. Yeah. Faith. 
And he's like, I wish I just focused on faith because everybody's like, oh, wow, the five S that's so cool. And then he kept talking and talking and talking. And then he was like, I wish I just focused on faith. And everybody was like, oh, you know, so I think, I think put yourself on, like, put yourself on the rock. Like if he, if he knows what you're truly after, he knows what your heart wants before you even know what you want, right? Like, you know, he knows what you want when you're 30 and you're acting on what you want when you're 20, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I would so much rather trust the one who knows what I want later than trust myself who thinks I know, want what I want now. Um, part of my prayer is to thank God for everything I don't have, right? Like, like think about it like that way. Like you get to go to work, you get to have this, you get to have that. And then, wow, it's so cool to just realize there are so many things that could tank you or so many things that could just distract you. Like what a blessing it is to not have some, some things that you, and even things you might've asked for earlier. Um, so there's just a few keys in there, but that those are the kind of things that I try to keep in mind is like constantly reframe the question. Like, how is this keeping God number one? Because if my number one goal is to get married or prepare myself for marriage, like where is God in that? So that's what I got. Yeah, I love that. My prayer for the year is that if God's not in it, I don't want it. And if he's in it, I believe he's going to bring it to me. But if he's not bringing anything at the current moment, I'm just going to steward what he's already brought because that in and of itself is an answered prayer. And so I think it's just understanding like, okay, first and foremost, like if God's not in it, I don't want it. So right there, you said it like, I'm going to thank God for the things that I don't have for the prayers that I prayed and were answered with a no, like the the things that I did not get that I wanted, the relationships that I looked after, but did not receive like the moments that I wish he did, but he didn't because he didn't want to like those moments there. Like, I think you thank God for that and understand like, okay, his perfect pleasing will, like God's got that under control. And then I think it's understanding that like, I believe that First and foremost, God's plan is going to be fulfilled no matter what we do as humans. We can do whatever and he will always reign and his plan will always be fulfilled. But I also believe in our life that like, I'm not going to miss what God has for me. I might take a detour. I might do this or that and the other, but like ultimately what he has for me, like he has for me. And like, I believe that that will happen. And so understanding that like, okay, if God's not in it, I don't want it. If he's in it, he's going to bring it to me. Like, I'm not going to miss God's plan for my life. Like as long as I'm following God, I'm not going to miss that. Like I will stay on track with that. And then if at the moment he's not bringing anything, then just keep stewarding what you already have. Cause you probably already prayed for that anyway. So that's an answered prayer. So just steward that season, be in that season, invest in that season, whatever that may be, whether it's singleness, dating, engaged marriage, whatever it might be, like keep pouring into that because that'll pour out into your own life as well. So I know that's- Where your feet are. I love that. I love that. Just do it, man. Just freaking do it. Yeah. No, so good. So good. And I mean, we we mentioned other things throughout this podcast too. Proverbs 31. I think of um, Isaac and Rebecca, as I mentioned, I think of the parable of the 10 minus where it's, you know, the ser- the master giving his servants different kinds of money. And one of them hid it because he didn't want to lose it. And, and the other two that did profit off of it were rewarded because they invested. So I think it's, again, it's like, do with, do big with what you have. Like, uh, Bishop T.G. Jakes says, great people do little things with excellence. And when I first heard that, I was like, wait, great people don't do a lot of things with excellence. Like that doesn't make sense. But it's great people do the little things with excellence. 
So no matter what it is, like whether you have the mustard seed of faith or the mountain of faith, like whatever it might be, like invest in that, like take whatever you have and just run with that. Like you said, play where your feet are, play where your feet are. And I think just reminding yourself again that like Romans 12 to God's will is good and perfect and pleasing. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, you could throw out so many pieces of scripture that just basically say in a nutshell, God is good <laughs> and he's got it under control. And so I think just as hard as it might be and as, as much as our flesh might want to fight it, like just keep having faith in him. He's going to make it happen if it's in his will. But if it's not in his will, his will is perfect and good and pleasing. So either way, like it's all going to work out exactly how it should work out. All right, Brooks, we've talked a lot. We've thrown out play where your feet are here and there. We have. So as, as we wrap up, my, my final couple questions here. What does play where your feet are mean to you as a whole and in specifically in relationships and dating? So as a whole, um, man, how do I even follow you up after that? That was so incredible. Um, as a whole, I would just say like realizing kind of, kind of how we said it, but I'll, I'll, I'll recap it in my words, like realizing that the future is the future. Like you can't, you can't do anything about it. Like you can get excited about it and that's great, but like act right now, make a little bit of change right now. Like the Bishop said, like, let's do it excellently. Like let's, let's move towards something worth moving towards. Let's stay disciplined and let's honor God with what's in front of us rather than asking God for new things ahead of us, which there's nothing wrong with that, but maximizing what you have and, and just having a good attitude about it. Um, and then in relationships, I would say kind of the same thing in a sense that it's like, you have very little time here. Yeah. The girl has very little time here. Like life is so short and to waste, think about a year of her life. Like, why would you waste a year of her life? Like that's such a crime, you know? Please so, don't. <laughs> right. Play where your feet are means ask her out. Like if there is a girl that you are considering, like you just got to ask her out. Like, like, why are you, you're doing yourself a disfavor to not go ahead and do it. And if you're a girl, like maybe just finally drop the hint and put yourself out there, whatever it takes, like, like in relationship, just do it. And then when you're finally dating, like, Give them everything. And the moment you don't feel like doing everything or the moment you're hesitating, the moment it's you're not at peace with it, like just leave it. Right. Um, and I guess you can apply that to everything in your life, but, uh, that I think, I think that's, that's play where your feet are, right? You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I tried. I tried. I love it. Okay. And final question before we wrap up, uh, officially with the wrap up questions, but final big question we got here is <laughs> now your advice to those who are listening to this episode and they're saying, who the heck is this Brooks Clarkson guy? I want to be like him. I want to play where my feet are just like him. What's your advice for those who want to play where their feet are, but maybe aren't sure where to start? Uh, to the first part, um, I am a normal, weird guy and I don't deserve anything I have. I don't even deserve to be on this podcast. I am crazy average. Um, all it takes, man, is just, you know, people want to talk about, you know, different, different sermons and different pieces of the scripture to apply to your life and whatever. And it's so great, but it can get so complicated. And I'm telling you, my life changed when I just decided and it's a book of Proverbs that says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. And it's been my life verse for years. Like I haven't changed it because of just the way I've grown from it. Like just it, when things get complicated, like the truth is never complicated. Just give God your heart. And if in your mind, you are giving God your heart, which means, you know, pursuing him, pursuing his word, like praying, praying to him, like, um, doing your best at everything you can. And just being a man of integrity, being a man of your word, um, 
doing those things, like it'll just change your life. Be really simple, be really straightforward and, and just be yourself. Um, I think if you give God your heart, everything changes. Yeah, that's so good. And I think at the end of the day, you look at, you know, Philippians 4, 8, that talks about, you know, I have it written here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so I think it's like at the end of the day, forget about anything Brooks and I just said. Forget about any sermon you've heard, any yeah. post you've seen on Instagram. Forget about anything and then just think, okay, is it true, noble, right, pure, lovely and admirable? If so, and it follows God, you're good. <laughs> like, I love it. Make it. I feel like our Christian faith is actually so much more simple than we really make it out to be. It has to be, right? It's so simple. It just has to be. God wouldn't expect it yeah. to be. It, it, it wouldn't be. The Old Testament was already complicated. Like Jesus came to make it simple, right? Like yes. he already said it's too hard. So yeah. if you're if you're confusing yourself or if you're judging other people a crazy amount to, to whether or not you should date, like just let it go, right? Just yeah. stop stop being that way. <laughs> Yeah. In, insert your cliche, let go and let God. Oh, it's please. True. That's one of the ones I like actually, but please <laughs> let go and let it's God. It's so true. I think it's cliche because we don't want to accept that that's the truest piece of advice. <laughs> Absolutely. We all want to roll our eyes, but then yes. it's like, wait a minute. Because we don't want to let go of control, but it's like yeah. at the end of the day, like if you actually would just let go, God would take over. The one and the one that goes with that that's wrong is God gives us toughest battles to his strongest soldiers because that feeds into the, oh, you know, I need to take control. I need to do this. And it's like, no, no, no. Like God gives you challenges that are way beyond your capability so that you yeah. have to trust him. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's so messed up. So every time I hear that, I'm like, you, you need to stop talking. You're making this worse for people that are listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's to the point of like, it's like, yeah, you're not enough. That's the whole point. Like, this you will is the never whole be point. Enough. You will just like, Jesus. sorry. Yes. Yeah. Like enter Jesus in the chat. Like that's why he came. This is, is the, the whole, whole reason we're here. Like <laughs> that is the Bible. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Folks, oh dang, this is such a fun conversation. It is now well over two hours in and I am like, sorry, not sorry to you, to no. everyone listening, no. because this was so fun. This was so much fun. I had a blast and it was so insightful too. Like, I feel like I genuinely learned a ton about you, about the male's brain. Like, Me I too. Hope this was great. <laughs> maybe this benefited people as they're listening. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for spending these two hours and 15 minutes of your day with me and the podcast. You're officially a part of the PWYFA fam. So we appreciate you for that. And we'll always be in your corner rooting, your on and, rooting you on and cheering you on, um, even in all of your fake Bible verses that you put in your bio. So. Thank you so much. That means everything to me and my ministry. <laughs> really furthering the kingdom of God with that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm tearing down barriers over here. Oh my goodness. Well, Brooks, for those who are listening, maybe they're guys who really look up to you and are hearing more of your wisdom and, you know, they hear you talk about mentors and maybe they want you as a mentor, just advice on your end. You know, what, what's a way that they can maybe connect with you further after this podcast? Because though this podcast might end, you know, I, I hope that the communication maybe with you would not end. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, should I drop my Snapchat? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is uh, my first name, Brooks underscore Cluxton, C-L-U-X-T-O-N. And uh, if anybody has any questions or just needs help or advice from somebody who has no, you know, I, I have no connection to anybody, you know, or anything in your life, like I, I'm all for it. Um, and I'm all for mentoring people. I, I uh, got a group message. I actually send out once a week 
and I just send encouragement to, to some of the younger guys. So if you ever want to join that too, just let me know and um, I can get you hooked up. Beautiful. So hit him up through Instagram and uh, don't ask for his Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Thanks for having me, Cam. This is really fun. There's so many moments where I was like, wow, like men and women, like it is amazing how different we're created. But at the same time, we're on the same wavelength. That was so much fun. So just thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for hopping on. And again, welcome officially to the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are family. Thank you. Play Where Your Feet Are. Paul Spills. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs, and we are so happy we have you in the PWIFA fam. And we're so happy we have Brooks in the fam, too. Make sure you check out all the links in the description to find out anything we might have mentioned. Follow him on Insta there. DM him if you want to reach out and get connected with him. Guys, I know he plugged that, that he'd love to be a mentor for you guys. So make sure you take advantage of that. See what he's up to and stay invested in his life. And though I know you guys are watching here on YouTube, or maybe you're listening to your podcast, just a reminder that either way, you can watch us here on YouTube, or you can also listen to the podcast on all streaming platforms. Also online, I mentioned Brooks' Instagram. Make sure you follow us on Instagram too. Find out all the updates we have on the podcast, the book, the merchandise, and so much more. You can always find all the information there, and we'd love to connect with you guys further. Stay tuned, though, for more episodes. Happy Season 3. Until next time, be blessed and play where your feet are.